Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Welcome, SFL Nation, to Inside the League with your favorite GM, Nelson Lozano. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, sorry for the delay. I know I normally start this at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, but uh, some technical difficulties happened, and unfortunately, I had to push it back a little bit, but we still were able to get you a great show today. Um, you know, again, we're going to go over how the semifinals went. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about the championship, right? I think the championship this year is, again... It's going to be amazing. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And then we have some interviews today, um, getting to know some folks. We have some special guests. The owner, Hall of Famer, Strong Safety, Eddie Gage will be on the show tonight, uh, as well as the Annapolis Navigator wide receiver, Josh Gill, will also be on the show tonight. So it's going to be jam-packed um, for those who care to know how the week has gone. Uh, it's gotten better, right? Uh, for those who don't know, I lost my grandmother um, two weeks now is what it basically is. And it's been quite difficult, right, to try to adjust. We're, we're over here trying to figure out how to, I guess, in a sense, get things back in order for the family. But, um Nonetheless, you know, the show has to go on. You have to find out how to adapt and, and, and get back into the swing of things. And um, I'm finding myself doing so in the middle of the holidays as well. You know, for those who don't know, I work at retail. So you already understand the drama that comes with that. But, you know, again, these are the best nights uh, because I am able to share these moments with everybody. And uh, honestly, you know, again, this week, it got easier versus the loss of my grandmother, but uh, again, moving in a direction, but she'll always forever be missed. So with that being said, I do want to get into league news and start talking about how did these games shape out this weekend. So um, a little bit about these games, right? So we have the semifinals, it looked like, which was Sioux Falls versus Louisiana in a very close game right it's close on paper when we were watching the game it wasn't where we expected it to be right I think we understand so Sioux Falls in all facets of the game is very good right they have a very good offense a very good defense right so it they're a very hard team to kind of gauge and they're not explosive by any way shape or form but they're a very consistent team and you have Louisiana on the other side the big shots the you know, high-flying defense and the super high-scoring offense, right, led by Johnny Pickler and Reggie Streeter, and came up short this time around, you know, 21-17, Sioux Falls ends up winning it and going into the championship their second time in a row, so congratulations to Sioux Falls for that, uh, and, and like I said, the game in moments of time in, in the last fourth quarter, like there were opportunities that I thought Louisiana was going to turn it around and make this kind of like a Cinderella comeback. 
But unfortunately, that wasn't the case this time around. Uh, really good job, Louisiana, for your season overall. I think you deserve recognition for how your season ended up being. And I definitely know a lot of folks were excited to see what the future holds for Louisiana. So again, you have your Sioux Falls Sparrows going into the finals this season. Louisiana, this season is done, but they did a really good job. And again, the score was 21-17. We have the second game, which was the Baltimore Vultures versus the uh, Denver Nightwings. And that game, again, was a really close game. There were points in the, before uh, Denver really had the lead, right? Denver was really dominant, uh, showed why they were the number one seed. And slowly, Baltimore ended up building momentum. And Baltimore was in their element, right? Baltimore was in the snow. It was an amazing, like, I would tell you, as a fan of this sport, how much I enjoy seeing weather changes. Yes, I understand some of these stadiums are in domes and whatnot. But I'm going to be honest with you. I enjoyed every minute of it, it being in the snow, because it reminded me of that Patriots and, and Raiders game, which I felt like the Raiders should have won. But it was that one playoff game when it was like in the snow, like crazy amounts, right? And the Patriots ended, ended up winning that and going on more into the playoffs. But, you know, that was a memorable game for me. So watching this game being in the snow, being played, and Baltimore, I'm from Maryland. You know, I live in Maryland. So Baltimore is considered my home team in that standpoint, right? And they came out and did a phenomenal job. Knocked out the first seed who's been dominant this whole season. And came through and got a win, 44-34. to 34. Uh, Again, Denver, really good job on your bounce back this season. Um, you know, we had Roska here last week. And, and, you know, Roska's the homie. So definitely showing love to Denver. But I'm really impressed with what Baltimore was able to do. Come together, um, you know, make this into a team win and getting a rookie quarterback who played phenomenal by the way um more confidence and you can see that his team is 100 percent behind him and did a phenomenal job getting themselves into the championship so this championship which should be on this sunday uh november 1st at 4 p.m eastern um will be the baltimore vultures at the sioux falls sparrows now Sioux Falls, like I said, was in the championship last year, right? It was Atlanta versus Sioux Falls, uh, a great game. Atlanta ended up winning it out, uh, but Sioux Falls said it. They said, we're going to be back at it again this upcoming season. And, you know, uh, uh, what they call the uh, a person of their word, right? Sioux Falls came back, got themselves in the championship again, and then Baltimore got themselves to beat the number one seeded team to go ahead and go against Sioux Falls, which is amazing. They're calling it the Bird Bowl. Um, I think that's a great name. I don't have anything else to call <clears throat> to call it. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's going to be a great game. It's on Sunday, November 1st at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's on 11 Sports and for the fans. And that should be crowd play on that game as well. Uh, so check it out, right? If you don't know what crowd play is too, I talk about it every time on my show, but I think it's something to really share because it's fun and interactive. You're able to get points even if you don't know football. You're still able to go ahead and guess what some of these stats are and you can get points, collect those, and, and get them for gift cards. But you can also be part of participants to get cash prizes, right? So I think it's an awesome thing that the league is doing to bring more of that, I don't even want to say just awareness, but that ability to step out of just watching the game to also being part of it and being more detailed around it um and have you have fun 
right? Watching the game, enjoying what you love, and watching this. I think this is going to be an impressive game. Like I said, I always mention Sioux Falls in the conversations when I talk about, like, who some teams that I look up to that have been just consistent over the years, right? And I think Sioux Falls is definitely one of them. Definitely have a great balance of both offense and defense. And it's going to be a challenge for Baltimore. But Baltimore is another organization I respect a lot, right? Has been in the league for a long time as well. And they have bounced back through adversities, right? Through retiring of players, through, um, you know, the changes and, and people, you know, bringing in a rookie quarterback. Like, they still bounce back and show what was possible. And I think that's something definitely to consider. So, will I make a guesstimation on, my, on this show? You guys know for a fact. I don't ever really say I'm going for this team all the way because in this league, you never know. But the respect for both organizations are there, right? The respect for Baltimore is there. They're my home team, right, of my area. So I definitely have to show love there. But Sioux Falls is an organization I respected. And being a general manager in this league, you always want to look at organizations that are not just respected, but also have a culture in place that are always consistent. So I think to kind of choose would be very difficult. It can go either way, right? Um, But at the end of the day, it's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. These are the two best teams so far in the league. And tune in. Check it out. See what you think. Uh, You know, and and again, if you are ever interested in joining the Discord, right, we have the the SFLM, right, our minor league, uh, starting off. It's just been a couple games going so far. And if you do want to ever join, you can join our Discord, right? Simulation FL, FL. Or you can go to simulation www.simulation.fl.net um, to also find out how you can join, you know, follow your favorite team, stats, whatever the case may be. You have a place that you can go. Um, but join the community, right? If you do want to be involved, you create a player now. Still get yourself involved in, in the minor leagues. I think that's something really cool. Um, and, it, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, from a person who has played in the minors, it's such a great experience. It's, it's such a welcoming experience to get walked through and be like, okay, cool. I can get to know the league without feeling the anxiety of not knowing what to do and kind of not how to move. And like I said, there isn't, there's a lot of people in this league that are so welcoming, um, but there's some folks that will, again, as I guess tradition goes, kind of, uh, 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 you know, get on you and, you know, whatever the case may be. But I promise you, join the league. Try us out. If you want to join us as a fan, that's awesome. If you want to get part of a team, that's awesome as well. This is the perfect time to do so. And if you do it now, it gives yourself an opportunity to get involved in the um, in the rookie draft later this year. So, again, I do want to – I see my guest is already in the show. So this inner this I have to I have to get the horns playing. I have to show the respect of the owner of the Arizona uh Scorpions, the Hall of Famer, Eddie Gage. Eddie, how are you doing? What up though? What up though, man? Hey, I, I wanna say first and foremost thank you. Um for, for coming on the show, right? Had some technical difficulties that happened, and um, I'm, I appreciate you being here. I do want to say before we get started, you know, um, 
you know, the admiration I have for you, right? Um, and it is not so much solely on the person you are on and off the field, but it's the character that you have. And I can relate with that character. You're a very honest owner. Uh, you're very, you know, again, a real person. And that's sometimes hard to find nowadays, right? That somebody's going to keep it 100, somebody who's going to tell you how it is. And then, again, your knowledge and expertise around defense. And I think you did a phenomenal job on offense. I know it wasn't the way that it was planning to go, but I think you deserve recognition on how you were able to get this offense going and being consistent and having that streak. So I do want to say thank you for joining me tonight. You know, in such short notice, I know you had your daughter's karate class, and I'm glad you were able to fit us in tonight. Um, I definitely do appreciate it. So thank you for joining me tonight. No problem at all. Thank you. So, I guess a little bit about yourself first. Like, who is Eddie Gage? Um, and, and what's, you know, tell us a little about you. Uh, I'm, I'm Eddie Gage. Uh, I've been in SFL since season three. And uh, let me see, I'm an Army veteran, served four years. Uh, active duty, four years reserves. I was a tank driver, 13 Bravo. I served in Kuwait during Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm. So unfortunately, I saw a few people, uh, well, I can say a few, a number of people, you know, leave us. And uh, I had a job to do, and uh, that was the result of it. But, uh, Got out to service. Oh, while I was in there, I also um, boxed as an amateur. I was an amateur boxer, and I finished my career with a 17-1 and record. Um, wow. Let me, let me see. I was a, I was a parachutist. I, you know, I jumped out of perfectly <laughs> working airplanes for a while. Uh, let's see. I played football all of my, you know, younger years. I started when I was I think seven or eight and uh, loved it, you know. Once I got over the fear of actually hitting people, which took some time because uh, when I was younger I didn't fill out till later. I was always one of the smaller kids and it took me a long time to um, to uh, get adapted to uh, hitting people but once I Learn to love it, man. It was it. Just, it changed my life, and uh, football has always been a part of my life. You know, so as long as I can remember, yeah. football and boxing. So, oh, uh, wow. I guess that's about it that you guys don't know. <laughs> well, one first and foremost, like anybody who's ever served, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Right on the behalf of I've never served, right? Um, but for the folks that have, I, I have to say thank you, and I. Um, appreciate you even more for putting your life on the line for this country and allowing us to have these rights that we currently have now. I know we're kind of going through it as a country right now in multiple facets and multiple ways, but I appreciate it that you went ahead and served and uh, to be part of Desert Storm, to be part of that situation, to see death around you. I know it's not easy. So thank you again, Eddie. And I didn't know you were a boxer. Now, I know you're a runner, right? If nobody knows your famous press conferences or updates, 
right? Because I watched them. Okay, I saw your progress with 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 you having the the the, the trash bag bodysuit, right? Running in the in the in the in the heat and sharing yeah. what was going on. And I'm gonna be honest with you, right? It, it it inspired me to get into back into my health, right? Unconsciously, it got me back thinking about my health because I was like, man, if Eddie can be an owner, handle his life, have his family. And still find time to to improve himself, to to get himself healthy, right? Um, I should be able to do the same thing. And it was slow. And and in the last two months, I've really taken it a little bit more serious. Watch what I eat, drink more water. And then in the last month or so, I've been uh, been been continuously being in the gym, right? Like I, I got a gym here at the house, so I can stay away if I want COVID, like to worry about COVID. But again, you know, because of your famous press conferences, because of the way that you went ahead and still did exercise while doing that, um, it makes sense on why you're able to do that as a because you used to do boxing and the conditioning that you need to have for boxing is no joke. Um, for people think that they could just do it easily to go 12 rounds, it's not easy, and that's pretty impressive that you did 17 and 0. Oh no, it's, it's definitely not easy. Uh, I think. The first thing you got to do is uh, get in shape because, uh, you know, you'll get tested, you know, really quickly uh, by those young guys. I mean, all those guys are, you know, teenagers and, you know, in their early 20s. And, you know, that's the first thing you got to do is get in shape because, you know, boxing, I mean, even just if you're just punching at the air, just shadow boxing, it it takes a lot of – energy and endurance so but yeah. I, I loved it you know it, I, the t- true story it, it wasn't my intention to box at first I was only doing it to mm-hmm. get in shape I was never intent on fighting anyone or sparring or anything like that I just went uh and showed up to camp just to you know get in better shape because um I was born with uh asthma and bronchitis and oh, while wow. I was in high school I um I, I participated in track, and we used to run a lot. In fact, on Fridays we used to run 14 miles, you know, every Friday. But then when, wow. once I went to the military, I was kind of, I won't say I was disappointed, but I was expecting expecting things to be harder than what it was. And uh, I got in there, and you know that wasn't the case. And so I just happened to be at the gym one day playing basketball. And uh, the the coach kind of saw me uh, out there stretching. He goes, hey, why don't you come work out with us? I'm like, man, I, I don't want to get hit. <laughs> and he goes, no, it's not like that. You just come over here and just work out and get in shape with us. And I said, okay. So I did it. And then at the time, he didn't he didn't know I was a, I, well, I, that I used to be an athlete playing football. He goes, he noticed my footwork. And he goes, wow, you know, I, I see you got some – Nice feet, and he uh, he asked me did I ever play sports, and I said, well, yeah, I used to play football. And he said, I can tell. He said, uh, you should consider, you know, doing this for a living. I'm saying, nah, because <laughs> as soon as someone hit me, it's gonna be over with, and I'm, I'm gonna lose all discipline and training, and just start doing things I'm not supposed. I know I'm not supposed to do. Yeah. But he just kept talking to me and trying to convince me, and sure enough, I did it, and uh, I started liking it, and. Uh, probably about maybe 
five, six months in, you know, he, he set me in, set me up with a sparring session with somebody. And, uh, man, I fell in love. And I wanted to go back every day. Even even on my off days, I was coming in just to get work in. <laughs> and uh, it, it went from that to me actually getting a fight uh, as an amateur. And uh, it was both of our first, I, I never forget, it was both of our first fight. We were both scared. But I came out the winner, and after that, man, you couldn't tell me nothing. I was on cloud nine. And, uh, yeah, I, I loved it from there. Like I said, I went on to be 17-1. and one. And, man, I, I don't know how much time you got, but... Uh, oh, you, Eddie, the, the for, you, for you, I got all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, then I'll tell you a, 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 a true story. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting. Um, I'm actually winning... A lot of fights by knockout, and uh, I'm, I'm in love with it. You couldn't tell me anything. And as I'm, I'm starting to get buzzed, and this is why I was in Europe. I was fighting while I was in Europe in the, in the military, and uh, I started getting some buzz about myself. And uh, there was this other fighter who was stationed probably about three hours from me in Frankfurt, and. Uh, you know, he was knocking everybody out. I mean, he was knocking them out first, second round, you know, knocking them out. And a lot of talk came up that we should we should fight. Yeah. And by this by this point I'm seventeen and no. And I think I had like twelve knockouts. He the guy who was getting they, they were talking about putting me up against, you know, he you know, his style, he was more of a brawler. He liked to just stand there and trade. And I was more of a boxer punching once I used my feet to you know, I used my athletic ability to, to Dance around my opponent, and they couldn't keep up with me. I was, I was nice. <laughs> but, you had uh, sweet feet. But oh yeah, I, I, man, that was like Pernell Whitaker. <laughs> he used to call me, he used to call me sweet feet before I got my my actual nickname. But uh, so uh, they they set up a fight for us to fight. I think it was like three four months out, and we were both hyped up. And he ended up actually hurting. I think I think it was one of his hands. Uh, during training camp and the fight got postponed and I was depressed and they ended up putting me up against some other guy in this place who already had like two losses and in the amateurs you know that's that's like you might as well have five or six losses you know your career's already headed down here if you got that many losses already yeah and I, so I didn't want to fight him and I, my head wasn't in it but I fought him anyway and I was really unmotivated and you know, I I didn't really focus, and sure enough, long story short, he hit me with a left hook to the kidney, and if anyone, it was, it was more of a liver shot. Mm. And if, it, I don't know he if you've you seen that fight between Oscar De La Hoya and Bernard Hawkins, but it was kind of mm-hmm. like that. If they hit you in that sweet spot, you want to get up, but your body just won't let you. Just won't let you, yeah. And what made it what made it even worse was my, my this girl I was dating at the time, was uh, at the fight, and she was yelling at me to get up, and he was cursing me out. Get up. Ooh, I can't curse, but he was yelling all kinds <laughs> yeah. of expletives at me to get up, and I couldn't. And uh, got I got knocked out, and uh, they, I got they counted to 10. That was that. So. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Eddie, right? Like, that's it's still, it's an amazing story. Right, uh, to go seventeen, right? Like I told you, seventeen fights. That's 
that's something in its own to show respect. And you're right, right? Like, if your mind isn't into something, then you don't always put the best foot forward. I think it's kind of unsportsmanlike that the guy was trying to call you obscenities. I understand, right? Like, when you're in those situations in a fight, adrenaline is pumping, okay? Adrenaline is pumping, and, and great fighters can harness that, right? They don't allow, they, they always teach you, because I did martial arts and street fights, right? And the biggest thing they try to tell you is when you have too much adrenaline and you're too worried, you're not reactive. You're not, like, you're reactive, but you're not, like, it's like your primal instincts kick in. But when you can train yourself to control that, to, to, to focus that, harness that, right, and and be more aware, it really gives you a, an ability to be a lot more effective. And um, it's crazy, you know, that the guy who, who had an end of the career ended up getting one against you but like you said hey my heart wasn't 100 percent in it because i really wanted to get that prize fighter that guy who's been knocking people out and all that stuff that i, I know you wanted that challenge right and uh later on the show i guess that, that'll kind of segue into you know you taking on offense being a such a defensive minded guru like when i came into this league that's what they told me they said eddie gage that guy is defense like that guy is knows it and, you know, it just shows, like, again, like, your dedication to take on challenges and, and make them into yourself and not ma- and, and overcome those challenges really defines that fact. And I can just believe you going against this guy, having all the buzz, this probably created so much chatter that when it didn't happen, you know, it, it is. It's a disappointment. And you're going to be like, this is like a scrub compared to this other guy. So I get it, right? Um, I think it's amazing. You know, who knew that you had sweet feet like that? That might be on the title, you know, Scorpion King, Sweet Feet. But wherever I got to sign that petition for that, you know, I'm all for it. So um, going into the SFL world now, I know you said since season three you've been here. Um, what is exactly your SFL story? Like season three is a long time, is a while being in the league, right? Uh, we're now on to going into we're in season 15 but going into season 16 so you got some time in in this league and everything else so walk us through your sfl story how did you come to find this league and being kind of where you're at today well the way it started before this league tj speaks who was the current owner of the Baltimore Crab, excuse me, the Baltimore Vultures, we were in a uh, user control league that he uh, was the uh, commissioner of. And he told me about the SFL. He goes, hey, man, the SFL, you know, it's been around for a couple seasons now, but they're going to start actually, actually having user players because before then it was all simulated with no user players. And uh, he was not interested. And I really wasn't interested, but he says, hey, you have a player on the team, and, you know, you can join if you want and be a big part of it. And the only reason I did it is because I was friends with TJ. Otherwise, if it had just been anybody, I probably would have said no. But I joined, and back then, the league wasn't anywhere near the size it is now. You were lucky to have eight people watching the game (laughs) back then. And, uh... Uh, you know, we didn't have Discord, we didn't have Slack back then. But we we talked through Facebook, Messenger. Oh, wow. and so yeah. oh yeah, it was dinosaurs back then. <laughs> but uh, 
So, you know, back then there was no draft process. He goes, well, what position you want to play? I said, I'm going to play safety. He goes, all right, well, you're a safety on a Baltimore craft. And that was that. You know, it was just that simple, you know. And yeah. they made me a player, and uh, that was that. And we actually had some, some success for a long time. But back in those days, I really wasn't active with the SFL because, one, I had uh, – I was in school and working both full time. Um, you know, I was dating my now wife, and you know, I had a lot of things going on in my life. Yeah. And uh, so I, I really, plus it, it just really didn't grab my attention like that. I, I it, you know, TJ would send me a message through his his uh, his uh, form that we used to communicate with for his league. Hey, we, we got a game. It's this weekend at seven o'clock. Tune in if you can. And most of the time, I didn't even see the game. You know, he would, I, I was just watching. I would tune in just because he asked me to. I would yeah. turn it on and walk away, you know, just because, you know, I was doing it as a favor for him. And that's the way it was for a long time, you know. I heard we even, you know, got close to winning a championship once or getting, or at least getting to the game, but I missed it. I didn't, I didn't even saw it, you know, because back then I just wasn't into it. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden I don't know what happened but I graduated with school finished school and uh it was season nine and I, I just happened to be watching the game and I don't even remember who we were even playing but we got blown out I mean it was embarrassing yeah and so I I, I I sent TJ a message and said TJ I don't know who the defensive coordinator is but you need to tell that guy he needs to be more aggressive because you know we just sitting back and just you know this is embarrassing and uh <laughs> he goes well why don't you do it and you know by this point i had established being one of the better defensive teams in his league and i said he have not said anything I, I gladly take it no problem so uh i come in think i'm gonna dominate and sure enough <laughs> the following week we got our defense got shredded again <laughs> and uh I, I i quickly learned just how humbling the experience was and at the end of that season TJ left the league and I didn't know it and by then I think we were on Discord I can't remember mm-hmm. or Slack at that time at that point still and so and so uh he he left the league because he ended up selling his house it was in the process of moving. So um, the way I found out was other owners were DMing me saying, hey, you know, would you like to be our defensive coordinator? And I said, I'm already a defensive coordinator in Baltimore. <laughs> you were confused. And he goes, yeah, I was confused. He, he goes, oh, you haven't heard? And I said, heard what? And he goes, Baltimore disbanded. And I said, what? I said, no, he would have told me. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, that was the case. And long story short, I ended up being a defensive coordinator of Houston because I was already friends with DeMond. And it was like, I think three of the teams recruited me at the time. And I just chose to go with him because I had a relationship with him already. So yeah. I ended up moving from Baltimore, Crab, and I was a Houston hyena at that point. And season 10 started, and our defense, by this time, I started figuring things out. Because the AI, I 
you know, at that point, I, I, before then, I didn't know how the AI worked. I just assumed you just put the blades in that you like, and it'll figure things out. But the AI, as yeah. you know now, calls plays <laughs> when it wants yeah. to. So I had to, yeah, you know, learn to finagle the playbook, so to speak, to get it to do it what I want to do more often than not. And I got better. And sure enough, that first season with Houston, we got it always in the conference championship game and lost, I believe, to Tallahassee. And okay. sure enough, the second season I was there, we lost in the conference championship again to Alaska when they were in their heyday. And it hurt really bad. And after that, I, uh, you know, I, you know, we had two seasons in which we didn't make the playoffs at all. And then the fifth season, we got to the playoffs and lost, I think, in the wild card round before I finally got my team in season 14. Okay. So it's it's only been two seasons that you've had a team so far, or going on two seasons. Yeah. No, yeah, 14, 15, I, I had, and I had, going I on 16. two seasons, yeah. Next season be my third, being an owner. Oh, wow. And and that's quite an experience, right? One, let's let's talk about the Baltimore Crabs. I didn't know Baltimore had another great safety, uh, you know, and Ed Reed, right, and also Eddie Gage, right, representing yeah. the Baltimore area. But then your journey, right? I, I always appreciate the journey because it ends up kind of making, molding you as a person and figuring out, like, how you're going to go about things. And it's awesome to see that you kind of, again, you were honest, right? Like, we see this, you being an owner and I'm being, as GM players who aren't as, I don't want to say involved, but they have their own lives. So they're like, hey, you know, I'm all about the team. I'll progress. I'll do everything. But I don't know if I'll be there for game day because I got X, Y, Z. And it's crazy to see that transition for you to be, you know, having your life, having what's going on, and then coming in, kind of having a surprise. The way you found out about Baltimore is similar to how I found out about New Orleans. Okay. One day, I just go into the locker room. Uh, somebody puts, hey, it was a pleasure playing with you guys. Da, da, da. I was like, what's going on? And before I could even find out that the locker room was gone, and then I checked the announcements and they're like, yeah, New Orleans is no longer a team. So <laughs> I feel your pain. Oh, on wow. It. I hit up a couple of people on the team and I was like, what what happened? Like, did 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 the owner tell you guys? They're like, no, nah, we found out the same time you did. <laughs> They found out a few. They were like, maybe they found out a few days before that happened, but they found out quick, and nobody knew what was going on. And boom! And then, at that time, when that happened, I was kind of contemplating the whether staying in the league. Right? Um, you know, I had a great relationship with Xander Gold and a few other people that were on the team, um, but I just didn't feel the same connection that I thought I would feel. Uh, a friend of mine, Mel Davis, who's now with, with us in Portland. Uh, is the one that brought me in the league and he's like man you know uh, trust me it's so different you know like this you know I'm having such a great experience on this side and I'm sitting here like man I don't really know I don't know if this is really gonna work out for me and then I ended up staying because he was like look give it a chance give it a chance let me see what I could do for you and this is before we found out Jacob was even getting a team he was trying to see if there was some way somehow I could get you know maybe potentially to his team at that time was Denver. So I said, you know, screw it. I, I did one season so far. So what, what did it hurt me staying another season? 
And then I got picked up by the minors and then I played for Annapolis for a game. And then at that time, you know, I had, I always had conversations with Jacob because, you know, he would help me kind of understand this league a little bit more. And then that's when that happened and boom, I I became a a general manager. But, you know, to know that somebody else as, as high regarded as yourself, know that you went through the same thing sort of I went through, um, it is pretty inspiring. You still you still talk to TJ now because he, he's the Baltimore Vultures owner now, correct? Oh yeah, we're still close. I, I hold no grudges toward him whatsoever. Well, hopefully he's listening. He can say, "My bad, Eddie. I sent a text, but it never got sent, or something like that." But, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I know you talked about the boxing and you being in the military and anything else. But is there a fun fact that you have about yourself, maybe that nobody knows? about you that you'd like to share tonight? Hmm. Let me think for a second. Uh, give me a second. You put, put me on a the spot there. <laughs> a fun I didn't fact. mean to. <laughs> That's okay. Um, let's see. I don't handle criticism well. Even 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 in my older age, I'm still learning to deal with it. <laughs> my wife just said, "I sure don't." <laughs> uh, I'm glad my wife's not here and she ain't hearing it because she probably like you don't either. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "Dang, it ain't even about me right now." <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you. Uh, let me think. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that fact though that you just shared. It goes towards the humility that I have, like that I see in you, right? And that's why I talk about keeping 100, right? People give me fun facts, like if, when Ashley asked me this question when I first, when I ever first did an interview, I told her, "Shoot, I was I'm double jointed on one toe, right? Like it's a weird fun fact, but it's a fun fact nonetheless, right?" But that's the humility of you saying, hey, you know, I, I I don't know how to deal with criticism, right? And it, it's something that we all deal with. It's tough for me at times, too, right? When somebody, I mean, let's give a real-life example. How many people were talking crap about Portland? And for transparency, because I, I want to, I'm always honest. It, I, I was heated. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, oh, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to, it's about to go off, right? But I sit back and I'm like, you know what? I need to see this. I need to see this kind of things. I need to see what people think of the team because I, I got to think in a bigger lens and kind of give me a gauge of what our brand is looking like out there. But it's hard. It's hard when you say Portland sucks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And knowing, not knowing it. all the hard work that we've done, you know what I'm saying? It's countless we're sitting there and you know Mel's simming and and Jacob's simming and you know now that we have Art as our defensive coordinator he was simming and at that time he was our assistant coordinator defensive coordinator he did offense for a little bit then defense and you know to see all the work these guys put in I'm watching film with them and I'm over here doing 20 million things and then it's so easy for somebody to say y'all suck because they see what comes on the field but like you said you got to learn this AI. And if you're lucky enough for somebody to say, hey, I'm going to put you under my wing and teach you, that's cool. But not all of us have that opportunity. 
a lot of it is on us to figure it out. And like you said, the computer has a mind of its own. You're going to try to manipulate that playbook to, to do what you want it to do. But nine times out of ten, if, if you hear us in our locker room, we're like, why did it call that dang play? What was it thinking? Why the computer decide? I wouldn't have chose that. This is where you need to use blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting here like, but what can we do? That's the nature of this game. And that's what brings it. It is entertaining that way because it's just like you watching any other sports team on TV. I can't control them. Shoot, my team is the Washington football team, and they are trash. The NFC East is trash. It, but it's just like the SFL. I have no control over what is going on on the field. The difference is I have an investment in it, though. And it's really for I'm, people. I'm glad you said them. that <laughs> because you just touched on a great point. Well, first, I'm going to tell you a fun fact about me. Uh, back when I was a junior in high school, or was it, no, my senior year in high school, I finished seventh in the state of Illinois in chess. Oh, wow. And uh, if I'd have had one more win, I'd have been at least tied for third, coming home with a trophy almost tall as me, but I made a stupid move that cost me. And Oh, my gosh. I, it, it, every time I think about it, it bothers me because I wanted that trophy so bad. I was so close. and But in chess, all it takes is one wrong move to ruin it for you, and that's what happened. But as far as uh, what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. that's why, for me, you would never see me in chat talking about a team and how they suck, or like you just said it, how you just referred to it as. Because people don't understand how much we as owners and coaches and even GM, how much work we put in to create a great product. And the competition is just so fierce. Like, back mm-hmm. in the day... You know, when this thing first kicked off, it, it wasn't fierce like it is today. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it, no one was great or anything like that. But the the competition has, has, risen to, has risen to another level than it has in the past. And it, it's just crazy how, how, what, how far we've come in that regard. And so you would never see me saying in chat, oh, such and such sucks or so-and-so sucks. You know, because people – who don't coach, who don't own a team, they don't know. I mean, they hear the stories, but they don't really understand how much work we put in. I yeah. mean, sometimes my family, you know, when my daughter comes looking for me, she goes to look in my office where I'm usually at, and if I'm not there, she just assumes I'm not home. So I spend yeah. so much time during yeah. the season trying to get that playbook right, and people just don't understand, and it could be painful. You know, to put yeah. in all that work and and to come in on, on, on a losing side, because here's another fun fact about me. One of my greatest fears with with this of being an owner is letting my team down. You know, yeah, letting know. those 19 of the guys in my, in that locker room down when yeah. they have when they put their faith of their player, their character in you to a perform and b just as important win games. And when yeah. that doesn't happen, you know, it, it can get frustrating. And so me as an owner, dude, that's my biggest fear every season when I come into this thing is letting the guys on my team down. And I just – it's something that I, I fight with. And, you know, it, it, it what, it's what motivates me to compete out here and do what I can to turn Arizona season around. And you did it, right? I, I, I think, again – 
I talk about that challenge you took, right, of offense. Like, you did that, right? You you did the all-star game first, right, where you took offense. And then this season, you said, hey, this kind of like that warm-up in the all-star game to get ready for the season. And you did well. I think, you know, a lot of people praised you and said, Eddie, man, that's a great job. And I know for watching you work out and whatnot, like, you're very dedicated to what you do, right? And I could just imagine, and, and you're 100% right, like, that's why... It does get me at times when people can so quickly say, oh, they, this person's trash or this is trash or whatever it is, right? Like, you don't understand the work that it does put in to do this. And, and then you're right. You know how hard it is to face your team after a loss? Mind you, if it was a blowout and you trying to rebuild that faith in what the process is. Yeah, right. One of the you hardest can- things after a loss is walking into that locker room Addressing your team I mean it's yep. great when you win But when you of lose course. it's hard Walking into that locker room and addressing a team But that that to me Eddie though builds character And it builds the people you want in your organization You know Portland We had a 2-10 and 10 season Right But I'm going to tell you That you wouldn't tell based on the locker room And the guys That decided to stick with us are really sticking with us at, regardless of that 2-10 and 10 record because of what Jacob says, I say, Mel says, and Art says, right? Because we believe in this. We have so much communication that happens with it that, you know, they believe in it. And that means so much to me. So when we lose, it hurts because I'm like, yo, these guys hold their faith in me to, to get this done, and I don't want to let them down. And you gave great advice to us. Right, as an owner to our new organization, say, Hey, if you can get people to stay, then you really see that growth, you really see that movement that you want to see, right? And that always resonated with me because it's the truth. If you hear this show, I always talk about the sparrows one, you never see anybody going free agency from them, you don't see anybody ever really engage in the chats about with them right they're really exclusive team but each season they're consistent now to getting themselves into those into the into the playoffs and eventually the championship and it just resonated what you shared because it was your advice first that you were like hey you guys need to keep your team together if you can then you really can make this into the way that you want but if you're always losing players and having to rebuild it's not going to be an easy feat and I think that's the truth to the matter, right? Like, you're 100% right. That's the goal. But when you lose, you get to get those people who say, I'm here with you for the long haul because I see it for a fact that I see where it's going. And I think, again, like, what you're sharing with us is, is true. And that's that's the great part about this is that I want to hear this real stuff because these are what people need to hear. You know, how many times do you look in Jen Chan and folks say, I want to own a team? It's easier said than done. And if you don't understand the, the work as well as the stress that comes with it for you owning something, it can be a challenge. But I think you, the way you represent yourself with so many facets of being part of the league to, again, how you engage with your fans. I think your you and Ashley's press conferences and updates about the season has been very influential even to myself. Right, it kind of what led to my own show, and it actually led me to wanting to figure out how I can do my own press conferences. 
to you again sharing advice like you're a very intricate part of this league and i think the advice you gave us was invaluable for the point that it makes a lot of sense and for you to share something like that it meant a lot so um i guess kind of segue into the next question is how did you be how did the process of being that owner come about so when did you say, hey, I finally want to be an owner of a team? And then how did that process come to play out when you did decide, this is what I want to do? Okay, this is going to be a fun story. So I was the owner, I'm sorry, I was the defensive coordinator of Houston. And I believe it was season 12 or 13. No, season 12. And uh, maybe season 11, I can't even remember. One, 11 or 12, one or two. And uh, we were getting ready to play Vancouver. And it was early in the season. At the time, Vancouver was like one of the league leaders, averaging like 35 points a game or 38 points a game. It was something ridiculous. They were just on a tear. And uh, as a defensive coordinator, I took that as a challenge. I'm like, you know, I cannot allow a team to average 38 points against me, that's just that's embarrassing. So I don't like <laughs> yeah. it when they score 21 points. So to score 35 points, 38 points, there's no way I can let that happen. And I was in gym chat one day, and <laughs> I, I think it was uh, someone out here who was talking, and I said, well, Vancouver won't score 38 points against our defense. In fact, they won't even score 30. And to me, 30 is a lot. I don't like giving up 30 points. And I said, they won't score 30 points against us. And then he said, so is that a challenge? I said, I'm, you're not even on Vancouver, but uh, they're not scoring 30 against us. And so when I said it, he tagged Vancouver's owner, Andy. I'm like, man, well, come on now. Why you got to do that? And sure enough, Andy said, like, and so I took it personal, and I said, okay, we are not the guys to score 30 people. They aren't gonna go. They aren't. They aren't gonna score thirty. And sure enough, they come out, and I got really aggressive. And I knew it would open us up to some big plays downfield, but I figured it would take enough away of their short game in which I could capitalize on some things. And the game plan kind of backfired initially because, sure enough, the ball was going over our heads a couple of times. And we got beat deep a couple of times. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. But the defense ended up holding for the most part. And toward the yeah. end of the game, we had the lead. I think we were up six. And if they could score seven, a touchdown, they would win the game. And it's like two minutes left. And i never forget, Cameron, Cameron Irvine and T-Roy Gaines were on the call. And uh, they're driving downfield. And you could hear – the the wolf because you know we play at that stadium with the wolf the wolf yeah. howling and, and Cam goes man this stadium is loud these fans are rocking and uh, on the very next play Tom Pepper got sacked and I never forget it because Cam says oh we got a face full of hyena and our locker room was <laughs> jacked up dude man we we were in there just pumped and uh, it was it was fourth down they had to go for it. And he, he threw a pass, and he got intercepted by Everett Garrison, who was who ended up being a defensive rookie of the year that season. He returned it for a touchdown as time expired. Wow. 
And I was, man, our locker room was hyped. I was excited. You know, our defense just showed out, and we didn't allow them to score 30 points. Like I told the, the gym chat we would, and I was on cloud nine. But that quickly dissipated when them, uh, T-Roy says, wow, DeMond must be proud of this team. Oof, and I'm telling myself, yeah. wait a minute. Hold on. Yes, he should be proud, but what about me? You know, yeah. that kind of hurt my feelings. It rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And I know he didn't mean any will, any ill will towards it, but when I didn't get any, any recognition for that at that moment, you know, me being a competitor, it hurt my feelings. I said, you know what? I need my own team. And that's the moment that did it right there. Because wow. before then, I had no aspirations of ever being an owner. I just wanted to be a DC and be one of the best at it. But when at that moment when he said that and, and didn't include my name, oh man, it hurt my feelings. And I said, "It's <laughs> yeah. time to get my own squad." And it, it, so that was season twelve, potentially season twelve or season eleven, right? I think is what you said. And then it, you got the process of going in season fourteen, getting your team. So how was that process of trying to? acquire a team and kind of being in the in the position that you're at now it took great patience because i wanted a team and at the time we weren't expanding because i i had just missed expense i think the league had just expanded by like i think three or four teams the season before so i had just missed out on that opportunity so it might have been season 11 that that happened and season 12 is when, I, you know, the, I think that issue, that whole thing came about that I wanted the team. And after that, I just remember every day in Gen Chat, I would put in all caps and emojis and pictures and everything else. It's time for expansion. You know, and I did it every day of the week. I did it. I just, I just kept telling them, everybody, it's time for expansion. I pulled them on to the side and said, hey, man, I want a team. And uh, I want you to be the first to know because, uh, you know, you as the owner, I think it's only fair. And he actually graced me with co-ownership, which I actually thank him for because I don't think I, I could ever do that because yeah. of reasons I don't want to get into. But uh, for him to give me the opportunity, and he told me the only reason he did it was because, A, we had been friends for like 10 years at the time by this, by this point. And B, he knew I wasn't going to be staying, so he had to worry about keeping co-ownership with me forever. <laughs> so <laughs> That's real. That's <laughs> real right real. there. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, I, I thank you for the opportunity. And uh, so he granted me co-ownership, which allowed me to, you know, interact with the other owners in the owner's channel and see how the front office works and, and all that good stuff. And uh, so – that offseason, expansion did not happen, and I was so depressed. But uh, the mom told me, hey, just keep your head up because you'll be a front runner. Sure enough, if you apply, it'll probably be only you and A.J. Levy if he applies and Crash Combs, who also wanted a team at that time. He goes, you guys are top three, so I'll, I'll be shocked if you don't get a team. And so I just persevered, and the following season um, – Oh, uh, expansion, I was told, was not going to happen again. And I'm like, oh, come on. But then, I, I won't put his name out there, but a, a, an individual reached out to me and says, hey, you might want to reach out to a few owners because some of them may be considering selling their team. I said, really? Who? 
And so he told me, and I reached out to a couple of them, and they all said no. But the last one I reached out to was eventually, as you know, as Bovine. Mm-hmm. As soon as I asked him, he said, sure. I mean, he, he didn't even flinch. And uh, we came to an agreement. And as soon as he agreed to the price, as soon as I told Cam, and Cam said, well, this will probably happen as long as you get voted in, but you, you'll get the 10. You, you can get OKC. And I said, great. So before, well, actually, at first I told my wife and told her how much, I was, you know, he wanted <laughs> for, the, for the team. And she yeah. kind of gave me a look like, poor, poor video game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I trust me. I know it because my wife is the same way. She says, "How much for a jersey based on a video game?" And I'm like, "Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. I don't remind ask me for you, much." Remind me to tell you another story about that. So, so, so before the league even approved it and it even got voted on, I sent Bovine the money because I didn't want him to change his mind. You know, yeah. I, I was dead set on owning the team, and. uh and that's you know that's the way it happened. Uh, I sent him the money, and eventually I got vote. I got voted in, and that was that. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's that dedication you have, right? Like to because a lot of people would have got defeated, right? People would be like, oh, it's not worth it, or yeah, I don't see it happening, or whatever the politics that they like to put into it, right? But you were able to find your opportunity. And one thing that I always learned because you know I work in retail, and we teach people all the time is. The amount of no's that you hear, you're just looking for one yes. And I think, I don't, I, this is the worst manager I ever had, but I'm still, he did say one thing. Well, actually, no, this is actually, I got this from the best manager I ever had, one of my boys who I still talk to this day. I'm tripping. He told me, you just need one person to say yes. It's like you going to the club, right? You trying to go home with a girl. And excuse me for any women that hear this, I, I do not mean this by any disrespect, but. It, when he said this, I was like, man, this resonated with me to this day. And I use it as a training piece to get people to understand, right? So he says, hey, when you go to a club, right, you're trying to go home with a girl, you have to ask 10 of them. And you only need one to say yes. So you're going to hear nine no's, but it's that one yes that you need and you go home with that winner. And I said, man, this dude really resonated with me, you know. About how to think about it, and and it made me understand that the no's that I'm going to hear, it just helps me prepare myself to get to the yes. And then for you to go about that, and then reach out to people, and put yourself out there, right? Because it is, it's rejection when they're like, "Nah, you tripping, right?" Like, we're not doing anything like that over here. To actually find that opportunity and then capitalize on it, it's awesome to hear the dedication that you had uh, about it. And it's funny because me and Cam, I had. I, I was doing research on the league, right? Because it's 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 15 seasons. It's a very long time. What each and every one of you guys went through in the progression or the or the transition of the league was huge. And he brought that up. He was like, "My dad is, you know, um, a, a bovine, right?" And he was again, you know, he got the Eddie got the team from from him, and I was like, "Man, that's so cool." You know, because you you getting that way is kind of like almost Cam giving like you're connected to the to the Irvine family. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I think it's yeah. an awesome it's an awesome story to know how you got the team because again it's it's something that you won't hear every day. What we see right now, right from the newer generation, I call us right, is it's that portion that you're saying, right? The process of expansion. So going and saying hey 
you know, when a, a bid comes up, I'm going to come and create things. Now, one thing I appreciate is that some people out there are taking it serious to come with a with a game plan, with mock-ups, with already their staff in place or who they potentially going to have in their staff in place. But you took a different journey. And it shows another opportunity. Now, I don't know if that would be fly nowadays, but it, maybe it could. But it shows how you went a different direction to get your team and be dedicated to have it. So that's that's an amazing story, honestly. And I also want to recognize your wife, just like I recognize my wife when anybody comes in here talking about their significant other is, you know, supportive enough to allow us this time, you know, and to respect us and say, hey, you, you can enjoy your league, right? With And, and sometimes I get some, some lip like, man, I ain't seen you in like four hours. <laughs> when is this thing going to be over with? But it is appreciated to those ladies in our lives to, al- to, 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 to allow us to share that time. So when we do have time with them, it's there. But I feel like your wife and my wife will probably get along because she is she sounds identical. So <laughs> now once you got the team, what made you, how did you come up one with the concept of the scorpions, the colorway and all those kind of things like Walk us through that process, right? Like, how did you decide to say, you know what, we're no longer going to be OKC. We're going to move this to Arizona and it's going to move to the Scorpions. And were there other ideas that you potentially have in the original thought? Uh, good question. Um, I, I'm from Chicago and other than my time in the military spent overseas and in combat, I've been there my entire life. And so... But I moved to Arizona. It'll be six years, and uh, in, in November. And uh, it's funny how it worked out because we came out here on a vacation, and my wife liked it so much. We ended up extending our vacation, and calling our realtor and just you know asking her to just drive us around to different neighborhoods and stuff like that, and tell us you know the pros and cons of Arizona, in comparison to where we were. And we both fell in love and. Uh, you know, my job after that, having to have a project going on out here for like six weeks, and I volunteered for it. And every day when I got off work, I would just drive around different neighborhoods and do some research. And we ended up moving here. And I, 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 I love my decision. I wish we'd have done it sooner. But uh, the way it came about, once, you know, we, I knew it was getting a team, I knew it was going to be here because, you know, that's, this is where I live and for marketing purposes it should be. Or, you know, you should try and have it the way you live. And uh, so my original plan, I, I originally wanted the same stadium that Vegas had because I wanted to come up with some kind of, uh, you know, bird, and I was I was going to do a vulture, but unfortunately, <laughs> Baltimore <laughs> already had that. So I, I, I wanted to have something unique. And so I went around checking out all the stadiums and finding out that there were still a few that weren't being used. And when I found that out and saw that, uh, that, that the stadium that I have, no one in the league used, I, I jumped right on that. I'm like, Oh, I got to have it. And so, uh, you know, as you've seen, uh, it's scorp- scorpions all around it. And yeah. with this being a state where <laughs> scorpions everywhere, if you don't have pest control service, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, was, it was an easy decision for me. And you know what? I, I think your the organization, the colorway, everything fits Arizona. 
I've been lucky enough to drive through Arizona. And I actually got caught in a sandstorm in Arizona. Going into Arizona and New Mexico. I got caught and I've never been in a sandstorm in my life. And I drove through that not knowing how dangerous that really is. But the state of Arizona is so beautiful. Uh, We went through Phoenix and, you know, I went through the whole city and whatnot. I unfortunately couldn't stop because we had to make it to Texas. Driving from Las Vegas to Texas. Crazy drive of my life. But it's a beautiful state. But when you know, like, the desert and everything else, that's kind of part of it, right? Scorpions are part of the desert, right? And scorpion is, is, in a sense, is one of uh, apex predator right like in that type of field you get stung by a scorpion you could die and um yep. i think it's it's such a perfect fit and i always love to hear like how do you come up with these ideas right how did you come up with the team and how did you come up with the area and then how you know what other options did you have like how did you decide on the colors that you chose for arizona now versus choosing were there other colors you were maybe considering and how did you end up sticking with the colors that you have now the way that worked out is uh at first i was gonna come up with something because I, I i i was you know i've been to um to uh around di- different places in arizona and i was gonna come up with something based on the land the region and territory and come up with some kind of you know mountain color plus the green from the tree that you have up in the mountains or something like that but I just could never get something that quite resonated with me so I shot away from it and uh, ultimately I ended up calling Destro who as you know as as everyone a lot of people know is a like a uniform guru and I said hey man I need your help because I'm trying to come up with this color scheme for my new team and it was all credit goes to him in that regard because he helped me with, with it, you know. He came up with a couple of things at first that I didn't like, but it didn't take him long enough for him and I to both agree on something, and I'm happy with my choice. Yeah, I think it definitely fits, and it's very, how do I put this? It's out there. Like, you know. You see Arizona's, you know, jersey. It's well put together. Colorway all works together, and it really does speak to, when you see it, you feel the West. Like it's a it's a very big West representing team, and you know yeah. I'm very excited about some of the news that's coming down the pipeline. But I think definitely, like when we had our our preseason, you know Battle of the West, like it was a, it was a great representation. I was actually able to find some artwork that kind of accentuated that and and, and and represented your colors well with the Portland Fleet colors as well. So that's awesome to hear kind of the story and how the colors came to be and the logo came to be. Now, what is the day in the life of a owner of the Scorpions? Like, how does your, and it's not, it doesn't have to be 100% detail, right? Like, you're not going to be like, no, so this is no trade secrets. But what I mean is, you know, how does your day-to-day go? You know, how do you work with your general managers? How do you work with your coordinators? How do you work with, like, everything in general? And what does that day-to-day look like for you? Um, myself, I'm a very hands-on owner. I have my hand in everything. So um, when I, you know, got, uh, you know, obtained ownership, the first thing I did was hire the front office staff and uh, Tanner and Ashley, or my co-GMs, and then I hired uh, 
Kanye as my OC and myself, I was the DC. Unfortunately, things didn't work out with Tanner uh, toward the end of the season, so we agreed to part ways. And same thing with uh, Kanye because Ashley was throwing like 900 interceptions, and, and I just couldn't have that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that didn't, I mean, it didn't work out, but, you know, it was a learning process for both me and those individuals. So, um, yeah. it is what it is. But with me being hands on, it took up so much of my time. I'm not sure if you remember, but when I got the team, I was still with Houston, and mm-hmm. Houston made the playoffs. And I think I got the team, I was awarded the team in week 10, I believe it was. And so I still had to finish out those last two, three weeks of the regular season. Plus, we made the playoffs. And so yeah. I'm trying to, you know, work with the manga and the defensive playbook together for Houston. While at the same time, I was uh, trying to get to know the guys in the locker room and find, finding out who I was going to keep and who I was going to let go. And it took up a lot of time. I mean, like I said, with me being so hands-on, even though I have GMs in place, you know, I, I got my hand in everything because I'm like – I don't know if you heard that story about Bill Parcells where he said something about if you want me to cook, then I should be able to buy the groceries. Mm-hmm. And that's, I take that same philosophy with this. You know, if, if I'm going to go down with the ship, you know, I, I need to be a part of the reason why it's going down or succeeding. Yeah. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I trust my GMs to make good decisions, but at the same time, I, I need to be involved in the process because, also, I mean, you have to keep in mind that Ashley was relatively new with being a GM. And I had, you know, just to give you another fun fact, prior to this, I had nothing to do ever with the team build of Houston or Baltimore. So when they made moves on progression or bringing in free agents, I was never a part of that. So I didn't know any anything how that even worked. So I was yeah. doing all this stuff on the fly. So I had to, you know, ask around the questions. I talked to BPP a lot. Um, talk to other owners and GMs just to, you know, get a, uh, you know, a grip uh, on how all that stuff works. And uh, I'm, I'm still learning, but I, mean, I, I got a pretty good handle on it now. But, you know, you're always learning how to manipulate the cap or things like that to make things work for, for you and what's best for the team. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, 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 to answer that, I just say I'm, I'm very hands-on. I'm, I'm involved in all aspects. In terms of the contracts, the scheme, the playbooks, now that I'm calling offense and defense, um, free agents, you know, I'm, I'm telling them, you know, that they'll give me a whole bunch of people that, that they're looking at, and I'll weed them down and say, okay, I, I like this person's build or this person's character, so we'll, you know, include these people in who we consider. You know, I won't just choose anyone just because they want them. It has to be someone who I think would be both a good fit and player build wise fits towards our scheme or that's what we're trying to do on offense and defense and I just put those two together along what they do outside you know you know outside the lines you know in terms of can they help with stats and things of that nature to determine who I think the best candidates would be yeah so to answer your question I'm, I'm hands on I'm involved in everything and it's probably one of the reasons why I don't get much sleep <laughs> and you, I'm gonna I'm I'm attest to that I think I can hit you up at any time and you respond. Like, I don't know when was the time that I yep. hit you up and I was, like, surprised. Because I know you're on West Coast time. And I had hit you up and you're like, hey, what's up? And I was like, what? 
why aren't you asleep? <laughs> like, like it, it really did amaze me. But I do believe when you tell me you don't get no sleep, uh, I, do, I can attest to that because I've had that happen that time where I was like, oh, it's late. What you doing up, you know? Um, but do you have like, do you have like set days where you check certain things? It doesn't have to be detailed, but do you have certain or days that you're like, hey, I'm going to have this meeting or do you have more of a consistency where like, hey, you know, we got a group chat, like an example for us, we got a group chat. So we're always talking with each other, right? We're always sharing things, ideas, everything shared on that group chat. So even though we're not always on the phone, a lot of times, though, Jacob does do checks on us. And then and I don't mean checks like in a bad way. I mean, like to see how we're doing, right? We're people just like anybody else. So he'll call me like, hey, man, I'm just making sure you're okay. And, you know, that that sometimes means even more to me because the investment I put in this, he still wants to make sure I'm good as a person. So do you still have something like that with with Ashley and the rest of, of, of you know, what you got? Or is that something that when things happen, like you kind of move, like how do you how do you go by just organizing everything in your organization? We have a front Arizona has a front office channel in which we all communicate in terms of progression or who we're going to recruit in free agency. Um, you know, anyone we might have issues with with a team or, you know, things, anything that's front office related, we have a front office channel. We also have a channel for the content team for, you know, like our social media. We have a channel for that. We also have a channel for like fun stuff. Like for example, when I started working out, um, one of the other guys on the team, Monica Naka, said, hey, let's get, you know, let's kind of keep this going and we can get some kind of workout thing going, you know, some friendly competition. And so we have a channel for that in which, we, you know, we post our workout results or things we're working on or things of that nature. So, I mean, we all over the place, man. Uh, but that's I, I try fun. to keep everyone in the team involved because sometimes there can be lows in the, in the middle of the season, like in the middle of the week or – you know, off season things like that. So I'm always trying to find creative ways to get other guys in the, on a team involved and make them, you know, feel like a part of things. I, I, I tell you on a team all the time, you know, you guys are like family. And once you sign with us, you know, that's exactly what you are. You know, we, we are brothers and sisters in this thing. And I, when, I, when I tell people on Dave Access Show all the time, Arizona, I love y'all. I mean that. <laughs> Yeah, I know you do. No question about it. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Look, I think again, you know, that that's that's something that's very inspiring, right? Because that you have to have ownership, right? Like, uh, so like I, I I run a store, I run a Best Buy, right? But I own that business. Four walls. It doesn't matter what it is. I run it, right? And it's the same concept there. And you have to get creative because there will be lulls. There will be kind of like where things you want to prevent it being like they coasting. When they coast, it gets dangerous. Mistakes happen and all this stuff. But people can get bored and say, hey, I want to go somewhere else. And you're creating fun ways for people to connect, to stay and understand like they're not just get, being involved in a team. They're getting involved with a family. And that's pretty cool. And, and then, the you know, the channels and what like that, that's, again, a cool way of, of kind of staying all together. And it gives you a reference point, too. I think hearing how different teams connect, it's all on how you want to do it, right? Like, we, it, text message is just easy for me, especially how I'm on the go. 
Discord, because I'm part of multiple Discords, I do kind of mute it because I'm like, man, like I'm if I don't, I'm in the middle of, of work and it's bing, 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 you know? And I think, again, the way you have created it is awesome. I think you have a great GM in Ashley, right, um, as well on what she represents in the league, just like yourself. I think it's a very good representation of Arizona. And whenever I think of you guys, it's you and Ashley, right? And what I mean is in the sense of you both represent Arizona so well and you hold a brand out there that is very respected that, I think, again, yeah, it shows why it's respected. It shows you're going above and beyond to ensure that folks trust and believe in the process of what you're trying to accomplish. So it speaks volumes of what you're trying to do, and I do commend you for doing that, right? That's real leadership. That's real, you know, um, understanding and and building that. And And again, it's very exciting to see the growth that you've had this season. Like, I don't want to undermine the growth you guys had. Yes, it wasn't the season that you wanted, but I can't tell you enough how much your growth went. The progression, like Ashley, having going from having so many interceptions to having a really good season this season, right? She was one of the most respected quarterbacks this season. And and, and it was the, it was, and, and just because she, it was just for it because she's such an amazing person as well with that. It was really cool how you guys connect and everything and, I think that's awesome. And and like I told you, your fitness stuff has inspired people, I think, even outside of the organization. And every time you posted a video, I'm subscribed to the Arizona uh, YouTube. So you know how it will naturally just bring up the videos and I watch them. Right? Because I felt like you gave an honest perspective that you don't really get to hear nowadays. And you gave it from an owner's perspective. And I always talked about how much you show love to the people even if they left you. Right. Uh, Previous, you know, front office that you had or coordinators, you never spoke ill will. It might have been a situation, but you would never bring that to light. And that's where I respect a lot that you're like, man, look, whatever happened, happened. You were part of Arizona. You're always going to be part of Arizona and best of luck or whatever you decide to do. So, again, I appreciate that. Nah, you know, it, it's the truth. It's why I respect you so much, Eddie, right? Like, to be honest with you, it's why I respect you so much. You're, you're a person who I feel like is a straight shooter, and that's hard to find in this league. And it's even harder to find out in the world. Somebody's going to be honest with you and, and, and not have to sugarcoat it or hide it. Situations happen. You don't got to speak on the situation, but the situations are go- are happening. But you don't shy away from it. You're not ill will about it. You're not out here making a video dissing them. You just like, hey man, it didn't work out, didn't work out. Best of luck. You always be family with Arizona, and that's that's a real mentality to have. And I think that creates bridges instead of burning bridges, which you know, again, it's it's never good in business. Now, getting outside of the ownership now, um, you know, talking about your player. So what what attracted you to being a strong safety? Um. When I first started playing football, I was a tailback, and uh, I liked it, but there were certain parts about it I didn't like. Like, I didn't like running in between the tackles because, like I said, when I first was coming up, I was always small. I, I didn't start – my body didn't start developing really. I got older, and so I didn't like running in between the tackles. But, I mean, it was okay, but when when the ball was in my left hand, I tend to fumble a lot. <laughs> 
So <laughs> my coach tried to deal with it for a long time because um, I was always one of the better athletes on the team. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it it got to a point where I was fumbling, and he said, "Okay, I I just can't do it no more." And he moved me to, to uh, wide receiver, and I didn't really care for that. And uh, so then he eventually moved me to corner, and I actually excelled at that position. But I wanted to be around the ball more because at the time I, I really wasn't, and he wanted to find a way to use me in which I could you know be around the ball more more often. And he tried free safety at first, but you know at the younger level, you know the, we tend to run more than pass. And so he moved into strong safety, and man, I loved it, <laughs> and uh, I never looked back. Yeah, it, it, I've always had an aspiration. So I chose linebacker because you know sometimes when you come in this league, you just choose whatever, and you're like, ah, that don't sound too bad. I'll do it. But I always talk about that. I wanted to play free safety at one time because my favorite player is Sean Taylor. Um, I love Sean Taylor, and the the, the not just so much of the player he was. But it's um, when I first got into football, that's who I who I came in with. So that was the draft that I came in with that I started understanding football. I didn't just like it because, you know, I like the logo. Like, this is me actually investing. My father was like, look, man, like, you're going to be a Redskins fan. I'm not going to let you. Like, I let you try to look at all these teams, but not anymore. We're going we're gonna to be the home team fans. And um, my, you know, my first draft that he made me watch, was the draft that they picked Sean Taylor. And I remember how how uh, conflicted everybody. Oh, man, why would you draft the safety so high? Blah, blah, blah. He has off-the-field issues. Like, it was a field day they had on Sean Taylor. They didn't ever question the talent. They just said, man, this dude got trouble and da-da-da. But when I seen him play and the impact he had in that one position, when I came into the league, I was like, man, I want to do that. But that wasn't the opening. And linebacker, I respect a lot. Like Ray Lewis, uh, Brian Erlacher. Um, there's a couple of people that I grew up with watching that I was like, all right, these are great linebackers. So I didn't mind. But if somebody were to come and say, hey, what are the positions you want to play? It would have been safety number one because of Sean Taylor. And then number two was tight end, which I'm doing now because of Tony Gonzalez. And I always talk about how I've always connected with him because I was a minority and seeing him in sports you don't see a lot of hispanic minorities playing in sports um so when i saw that and it's in football and something i enjoyed i gravitated to him more because i was like man this dude's a beast and he's hispanic and it inspired me to want to do the same things and 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 showed me that hey there's like opportunities for 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 hispanics as well to to do some of these key things so I think that's that's pretty cool on how yours was based on <laughs> you uh, being a running back and having some of those adversities there to going into that safety position. Now, did you model your player after anybody when you built him? It's funny you say Sean Taylor because I'm also a, a fan of Sean Taylor, but I'm also a fan um, of a former Chicago Bear, Tony Paris. He was a mm. hard-hitting safety, but he didn't stay with the team long because um, he was known for for big hits. But he he really wasn't he really couldn't cover that well. And I think he ended up leaving us for San Francisco. I think it was, and I don't think they kept him long either. But uh, I love the way he brought energy to, to the team, and 
He was laying guys out. So I, I like both Tony Paris and Sean Taylor, and that's who I, you know, I, I like to be remembered as, like those yeah. two guys. Well, you're a Hall of Famer. <laughs> you are a Hall of Famer <laughs> yeah. in this league, um, and it's well-deserved, right? And like I said, I, I don't know if you remember, but you were one of the first people I spoke to while I was in the minors. You had hit me up, and you were like, hey, man, I heard you were interested in playing running back. And I was like, uh, nah, that's not me. I'm a linebacker. <laughs> um, but hopefully one day, like, you, you want to do the linebacker, you know, you have a linebacker over. You're like, ah, oh, man, like, I don't really got a linebacker open. Uh, and then I told you, like, hey, reach out to a player that was on my team at that time was Scott Johnson. And I was like, he's a, he's a running back, and he's one of – really good one you you should talk to him but then I took the opportunity to say hey Eddie I know you are a huge uh football fan and uh and and, you know defensive sorry minded guru and I was like can you give me some advice and you were like yeah you know you might want to look at this and that first and da 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 and it meant a lot because it, it really showed that like hey even though I didn't have no way of going to Vegas I mean to the Arizona I'm sorry that you still were like cool enough to be like, hey, but this is what you can do, right? And I know you didn't give me the gems per se, but it still meant a lot to me knowing I came into this league not knowing much and didn't have the best experience to see that somebody was willing to do that for me, even though you you weren't going to get any type of return investment, and it meant a lot. It was pretty cool. And I have another story for you. <laughs> you and me actually had an engage, uh, engage prior to that, but I don't think you'll ever... I don't know if you'll remember it, but it was when the Pharaohs were playing and you were going on Xander. You're like, Xander, man, come on. You're like, you're, you're throwing all these picks. Like, come on, man. You got to step up and like really getting on them. And I came at you. And I said, hold when When he came back, he came back in that game. I said, like, Eddie, what you got to say now? <laughs> I was like, Xander came back. Throw some respect to my man's <laughs> name. And you're like, all right. All right. Like, you know, but. You know, that was my first interaction with you. I didn't know who you are. And then I asked um, Xander, I said, who's Eddie Gage? And then he explained it. And that's how I got the information, though. He's very defensive guru. He's a defensive guru, this and this and that. And I got to know you more. But that's actually my first interaction with you. Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I grew up in a different mindset, right? Like, I, I grew up in a mindset that we all eat. Right, I come in the mindset like you don't mess with mine, you don't mess with my family, you don't mess with people that I consider family. Um, I'll do whatever for them, right? And we'll break bread together. Like I always have that that team, that family mentality. So you know, I'm having that appreciation of joining <laughs> New Orleans, and and it was Xander who got me on. I had to be like, yo, I got to step up for my quarterback, and I have to make sure he. He gets some defense, you know what I'm saying? Because he was trying to hold his own, which he did, like, in the chat. But, you know, everybody was getting on him, like, nah, Xander, you throwing too many picks. And he was like, man. And I came in and was like, yo, I, I got you. Like, I'm going to step in for it. So that's actually our first interaction. I don't think you remember it, though, because I don't remember which game it was neither. So I ain't even going to sit here and lie to you. But that was actually our first interaction. And then when you hit me up, then that's the actual interaction that, again, I knew who you were and what you were about and everything else. So um, when you did consider making your player, did you consider any any other type of position or did it stick to simply just being a safety? 
no, I was always I always wanted to be a safety. I remember at one point, um, Baltimore was transitioning, and TJ asked me if I was interested. And at this time, we didn't have the rules that we have in place today, so you could pretty much go in, in, to any position you wanted to without repercussion or anything. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to be our team's quarterback. I said, quarterback? I said, nah, dude, I'm a defensive player. Now, that's, that's what I'm going to always be. So, nah, yeah. I always wanted to play safety because that's why I played most of my life at other than running back. And, uh, you know, I, that's all I see myself ever doing. And, and that, you know, again, I think it fits. Like, the safety has to be somebody who commands. I, I always feel like the safety is the quarterback of the defense right yes there's most of the times the captain is the linebacker and the linebackers calling out things like hey they're gonna do this this watch this person right here boom boom you know what i'm saying but a strong safety sees everything in front of them there's nothing behind them right so they see everything how it's pulling out how the receivers are coming to play how there's a person in motion right like they see it all and they see also the corrections that need to be taking place. So I always felt like a safety position, you need to really have strong leaders on the field with that position because they're the ones that are all the way in the back saying, hey, 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 yo, you're not, you're not in the right gap. Or, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. They're going to try to do X, Y, Z. Like, come on, come on, come on. You know what I'm saying? And also coordinate the, the, the rest of the DBs to be in line on what needs to happen. So I think it's a great position for yourself, <laughs> honestly. Um, and I think it's definitely a position that makes sense for you. Now, getting into, I guess, the league itself. Let's get into the league now. So how has it differed from, and again, I know season three wasn't the same involvement as later down, but how have you seen that change happen? How has that change gone through? You said one platform splat, was it, is what you said? Or something like that. You, you set a platform that you Black. guys used to use. Yeah, that. We, which... we, yeah, we, we started out with Facebook Messenger. It then went to Slack. And now it's with Discord. Okay, and what is Slack? It's kind of like Discord. And honestly, I can't remember quite what it's like. But it, it was it was sort of like Discord without all the bells and whistles. Hmm. All right. So... How has it differed, like, from your aspect from season three to season 15 now, right? How have you seen the league overall, right? How have you seen the league really differ and grow over the years? When I first came around on game day, you were lucky to have eight to ten people watching. There was <laughs> nowhere near the eyes and ears we have on it these days. Um... Like I said, the only people who were really watching were the people who were on the respective teams who were playing. And back then, uh, Cam used to call games by himself, but he didn't call every game. He he would pick out one game of the week that was like the highlight game of the week, and he would do both color and play-by-play. And all the other games would just be crowd noise. Mm. <laughs> Just thinking about that just reminds me of just how far we've come. And uh, at some point, I believe it was Andy who stepped up and says, hey, why don't you do color and I'll do play-by-play? And so they end up forming that bond together. And that's they were our first duo in terms of play-by-play and color. 
and uh, eventually that 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 crew grew larger into now we where where we're at now once we have a crew for every game. But for a long time, it it was not always that way. And to be honest with you, the games in which Cam didn't call, I really didn't watch much unless it was our game because it was like that much less exciting to be a part of. Yeah, it is night and day with with, um, with Cam. Yeah. So without 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 a play by play guy, it was like ugh, you know, I just I find out who won later unless it was my game. But uh, we've we've grown, we've come a long way, and uh, since then, and you know, the, the league has steadily grown, and now we have you know a TV deal. We got the we got the SFLM going, and you know we have sponsorship. You know, it's things that we didn't have back in the day. The owner was the owner, the GM, the coach, everything. Now yeah. teams have all these you know staff in place to do all of that. And uh, it's just crazy just thinking about it because it, it was just not too long ago where it wasn't nearly this big. And like I told Cam, I don't think we're nowhere near done. I think this thing is going to get even bigger within the next few seasons to the point in which we're going to get a major deal with someone at some point. I really didn't yeah. see that coming. I see it too. I see it taking a standpoint that, yeah, we're going to be on some type of major network. I, I've, joke but i was like espn right or espn2 right because that's espn2 typically has the alternatives right but eventually somebody will see what this is the community around it what it has and say hey i want to invest even more in it and uh it's crazy because i told you i started season 14 and now we are in season almost a season 16 right we're getting there like we still got the minors and everything, and we got the championship. But once the champion's done, that's wrap of season 15. We're all off season, and then we're working to season 16. But in that small period of time, I've seen that change. Like, it's been dramatic. The game quality, right? The commentary. I mean, everything in all facets. I mean, everybody talks about how amazing our draft was. And season 14's draft was good. So, and that's the one that I saw you on, too. Right, where you guys were in the studio and everything, but I saw season fourteen and I see season fifteen and how engaging it was, and then I'm excited to see what season sixteen is going to hold. But it's crazy to see how my what I see from the small two seasons has been substantial, and I could just imagine from you season three to now how much substantial that is even bigger than what I may see. And I and I like to ask this question because I can never go back. Okay. I can never go back to season three or season one or any of that stuff. So to hear it through you as 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 a vet, right? I, I joke with you and I said, whatever you want to do, OG, right? But it's true. You are an original, an OG in this league. And to hear that stuff and hear the journey and then hear how the league has changed from your mouth and you lived it, it's pretty cool to hear. Now, when it comes down, I know you're a def- defensive guru and I understand how that has kind of came to be, right? Um, what made you say, hey, I'm not even going to look at a coordinator. I'm going to challenge myself to doing offense. So, when I got the team, I never intended on doing offense, like ever. I was always going to have a coordinator because, you know, my passion is always been on the defensive side of the ball. And so we brought in Kanye 
and um, we already talked about how that worked, how that worked out. And so um, when he was relieved, Bovine uh, volunteered to step up and take his place. And when he did, you know, we actually won a few games in the middle. But then once teams got used to him and his playbook, we as he as his career kind of digressed. In our last game of the season, I believe she had seven interceptions. Yeah, seven interceptions versus Queen City in Week Twelve. I didn't. I didn't fire Bullvine. He actually stepped down and told me he was going to step down and he wished me good luck in finding a replacement. Yeah. And I was going to do that, but then I was talking to an owner. I, I think I was talking to Mark Chisholm, owner of the Fal- of Falcons of the Atlanta Atlanta Storm. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he told me his Eddie. You know. If you, like I said, kind of like with the Bill Parcells thing, dude, you, you're, it's, it's never going to feel like it's yours unless you're the one running it. And and sometimes, you know, you, you have to learn to crawl before you walk. There's going to be growing pains, but you need to learn how to do offense at the least in case you have someone and they end up stepping away and you have to, you know, take over. So he, he, yeah. he asked that I at least take over offense for the first couple of seasons and uh, try to get a grasp of it, improve on it. And if I don't like it, I can always reassign it. But he wants me to uh, get a grasp on it. And I, I thought it was good advice because I'm actually having fun with it now. And I'm looking forward to improving even more next season and potentially making a playoff. Yeah. And I'm excited to see your growth, too. I think, like I said, I've seen the growth from the All-Star game to this season. And I'm very excited to see how you even morph it even more, right? I think you had a phenomenal offensive season with uh, DJ. DJ had an amazing season this season, right? And then Ashley, right? Ashley had a really good season as well, like I said. She did really well this season and really put herself in the quarterbacks who need to be talked about, right? And put herself in a different tier than just a quarterback to being one of the better quarterbacks in the league and eventually being elite. So I'm very excited to see where your offense takes and what you're, what you end up doing with that. And like I said, your reputation precedes you around defense, but it's exciting to hear you talking about offense and what, and and me seeing the growth, right? You had the All Star game with you know all the best players in the league, right? And then still taking what was successful and still putting it in Arizona and making these key players amazing. Like DJ, like I said, had his a really great season this season. And I know this for a fact because I would, every every single show I did, I go over the leaderboards and DJ was on the top five every time consistently. So that recognizes and that means you as the offensive coordinator putting the people in the right positions to execute the plays for them to come through. So very excited to see what you do for the, for the following season. Um, getting into, again, I guess not personal, but kind of your aspect of it. What do you enjoy most about the league? Without a doubt, the competition. I love to compete. I always have in everything I've done, whether it was playing football, whether it was boxing, where I was in the military, you know, throughout my professional career in, in IT. Everything I've done, is, I've always loved to compete, and the SFL is no different. I remember when I was a user and TJ's, a player in TJ's league, he has a user league, and it took me 12 seasons to win my first championship. I got close a number of like four or five times before that, but I lost in a championship game. I could never quite win it until that 12th season. 
And when I did, I was so, you know, emotionally spent after winning that about maybe an hour or two later, I was knocked out sleep because I was just emotionally drained. Yeah. You know, just from from winning it. And when I won, I was excited, but it was more like aspirin more than anything else because it was finally getting over that hump and winning it. And I, I feel the same way in the SFL. I love to compete. I, on game days, I get I get amped up, and um, just man, you know, maybe about an hour before game time, I start pacing back and forth in the house, and my wife knows he goes, uh oh, he has to get ready to play someone because she can see it. You know, <laughs> I just I'm just amped up. I love to compete. You know, you know, I want to go against the best. I tell Cam all the time, put me up against the best. Cause that's what I, I want to do. And sometimes it comes back to bite me because we had a brutal schedule this season. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I do. I, I love to compete. I, I want to go up against the best and see how I match up. And, uh, you know, that, that's the biggest thing for me is, is competing and walking away with a win, um, you know, so I can go back to the locker room, address the team, and congratulate everybody. Thank you for progressing that week. And, you know, I just, I just love to compete. That's my biggest thing. Yeah, and and like I said, through the journey, through the story, through everything you've been through, it it shows, right, um, that you honestly do love to compete, that you love the challenge, and you accept the challenge, and, and when you do dedicate yourself to something, you dedicate yourself to it, right, um, from the from the working out to the boxing to, you know, uh, to the, you even you doing playbooks and you disappearing for a little bit, right. And I, I think there was a video that I remember you were do, you were talking about like you were you've been up for a while working on the playbook, and you're like, man, I'm tired, but like I gotta do this because I promised to bring the best product on the field, and that means a lot. And um, like I said, it's it's something about you that you can tell is is part of it, and to know that that you asked for that too, <laughs> and it not being an easy one shows you like hey but you 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 had an amazing growth and that's something that again shows that when you put yourself against adversity you rose against it and you had that streak i think you had like what a four game win streak at one point um back to back to back if i'm not mistaken right um yeah we start we started out losing a long start and then we won three straight actually that third one that third win was against jacksonville and i was on cloud nine because toward the end of the game the broadcasters were talking about DJ. They were like, DJ looking like the best back in the SFL. Yep. And actually looking like a league MVP. And, oh, mm-hmm. man, when I heard that, oh, I was on cloud nine. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can only imagine because you know these are the people that believe in you. And when people believe in you and you're able to put them in positions to be noticed and putting in positions to be successful, you take pride in that. Um, you know, in my own life that's that's what i take pride in like i i'm gonna be honest with you i hate dealing with customers now what's funny is josh gill who's gonna be on afterwards actually works with me so we know each other personally and he's gonna laugh because like i can never tell that you hate customers but i hate customers okay like i hate customer issues and people want to act like super bougie and if you're a real person trust me i'll go above and beyond but if you're difficult i'm gonna get you out of my face and, and, and again, I still protect my business, so you'll never know. I'll treat you with respect, and I'll ensure that you're, you're going to be a customer of mine for life. 
But I'll be like, man, I don't want to deal with them or whatever. But I still face it because, you know, I always want to be represent a strong representation to folks like Josh Gill and Bernard Smith, a.k.a. Milton. You know, these are guys who I work with that I've seen grow. And I always hope to be a role model to them to say, hey, man, like Nelson might not like it, but Nelson will bust right through it. And Nelson will will make sure that everybody's on the same page and he cares about my development and growth and he actually has an investment in me and because he has an investment in me I want to also be invested in whatever he believes in so I think that that's a great reflection and it's a great like kind of parallel to how you are because I know when you saw Ashley and you heard those comments that's what you thought you were like man these people believed in me trusted in me because I know Ashley came from Tulsa right to Arizona and I don't know DJ's story, but you know when people come and just say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there with you," and then you put them in that position, and like I said, they had a phenomenal season. Um, I know you took pride in it because you put in a lot of work uh, for that to happen. So um, really glad to hear that 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 really made your day. Now, out of the countless countless seasons that you had, and I'm pretty sure it's gonna be hard to choose one, but what is your best SFL memory? Um, why you been in the league? Oh, this is the easy answer for me. Oh, um, really? Okay. <laughs> beside, oh yeah, there's a one and a one A. One uh, A would be me being awarded um, ownership of OKC and moving the team to Arizona. That was like the pinnacle of my SFL career. Was that moment? Because I, like I said, for a long time I had no desire, but once I did, you know, it was something I had to have, and when that moment came true, it was a, uh, man, it was a dream come true, but number one would probably be season 13, um, we started out in Houston horrible, I mean, uh, record-wise, we were, I think uh, we only had one win on the season through, like, week. I think it was nine or week eight. We, so we were one and eight at the time. And uh, we before this, we I had a meeting with our front office, and we had a kind of like a come to Jesus meeting. I kind of went off and said some things. And I don't know if that sparked it or what, but after that meeting, we played four straight playoff teams, and we needed to win all those games, and we also needed – certain teams to win, certain teams to lose, just even get to the playoffs. And wouldn't you know it, we won all four games, and we needed certain teams to win and lose, and it all worked out perfectly. And we squeaked in the first team to ever win five games and make it to the playoffs. And not only did we get in, we we had a, 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 a audio chat open up in our locker room, and we played Chicago in a wild card round. And it, the game started out tight. Neither team could score. And I would never forget this moment. We came out in press man defense. And uh, uh, every Garrison's man ran a curl route and just sat there. Didn't go anywhere. And so he broke off his man and went and helped uh, the, the guy cover. I think it was BJ covering a tight end. And BJ, for whatever reason at that time, couldn't cover nobody. <laughs> His player hadn't quite developed yet. He couldn't cover a cold. And so, uh, he, for whatever reason, he, he broke off his man and went to go help BJ. 
and intercepted the pass and returned it for a pick six. And man, our locker room was going ballistic. <laughs> and, uh, I'll never get that moment. It, it broke the score open, and, and sure enough, Cam was calling that game with, I think it was with Charles Doherty at the time. And uh, he, he turned it for a pick six, and they ended up being a deciding factor because he won the game 13 to 7. And I'll never forget it because I was watching the game, and I. And the whole time I didn't realize I was on my neighbor's Wi-Fi, and I couldn't figure out why everybody was, everybody was seeing the action like ten seconds before me. I'm like, why am I seeing it so late? I was getting mad yeah. because they were telling me what was going on, and I was missing. I'm like, what's going on? And I didn't realize until after the game that I was on my neighbor's Wi-Fi. But the <laughs> locker room that entire game, I mean, we were buzzing up in there, and I'll yeah. never forget it. And just to see. Just to see it, my, the game plan come together. Our defense went out there and balled out. And, man, dude, the smile on my face, knowing that I did a good job and, you know, the players was happy and, and we was advancing to the next round. It was phenomenal, man. I, I, I'll never forget that moment. And I'm going to tell you, when you can share that, like, so I told you my experience in the beginning wasn't like that, right? Like, Everybody was kind of chatting in the locker room, but there was never a voice chat. But when you're able to have a voice chat and have everybody be in there and everybody sharing and you hear that excitement and you hear that that kind of, you know, we had that. Like when we did Denver game, I was like, yo, we about to win against Denver. We kept it close, right? We needed to get in it. When we won against Houston, which is a great organization, right? Um I literally, Eddie, no lie, ran. I have a three-story townhome that I live in, okay? I ran from the middle downstairs, ran my butt back upstairs, ran to the top floor, all being like, oh, my God, we got the first win, right? Running all the way up, down, while still being on voice chat while everybody else is celebrating, right? But it's those, yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's those moments. That really make it where you're like, man, this is this is more than just that football, right? It's just it's just like even more. Like I can't explain it, but it makes you feel more of a team. It makes you feel connected. It makes you feel more investment that you typically don't feel if it's just in the chat room. You know what I'm saying? And I think for that to happen in that standpoint against a, gr- a good team like Chicago, definitely it would be very memorable in that situation. Um, And it's a really good memory to kind of share with everybody. So I could just only imagine just taking the parallels of what we gone through with our first win and just being like, wow, and everybody sharing, everybody being happy and everybody really taking in into that win. It it really does make that difference. So that's an awesome memory to share. Um, Now, since you've been in the league, what have you learned while being in this league? Like, what's some advice that you can share with us that you've learned in your time being with the SFL? I've learned a lot of things. Um, one, if you have a young a young player with a you know you, you a rookie in the league, be patient with your build. Don't expect him to come out there and ball out week in and week out because it's an unrealistic it's an unrealistic I can't even spit it out. It's an unrealistic expectation to have. Um I remember I have a guy on my team who 
was like, man, dude, my, my player's doing good, but he could be doing so much better. And what I did was showed him a graphic, a snapshot of both his career stats for this season as well as the league leader that uh, for the season from his season in that league, you know. So I showed him his second season stat numbers in comparison to the league leader that number. I'll just go ahead and tell you. So Mark Mello, defensive end, mm-hmm. he um he was like, Man, my, my my guy did okay, but he could be doing better. I'm, I'm getting kinda impatient. And I said, Mark, it takes time, dude. You're not gonna just come out here balling like this overnight. That's yeah. why we need you to progress each and every week. So what I did, I went and showed him Jeff Duffy's numbers uh, that, that he finished the season with uh, in yeah. his second season. And it was eerily similar. And I said, see, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes progression. It takes you not missing it and just patience. It also takes a good coaching staff because you can have a great player, and if your coach don't know how to use it, it won't make a difference. But uh, – yeah. I told him, I said, dude, you have to have patience in what I'm doing. Trust the process, so to speak, like he hear he Philly saying all the time. Trust the process. Be patient with your player. And just trust and believe that I, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to get you where you want to be. And when he saw that, he was like, oh, okay. And it, it helps him understand that it's not going to just happen overnight for him. Yeah. And, but if he, if he has, has patience and persevere, better days are coming. Yeah, so and that's for true. For a young player, I would say trust trust the process. Um, for rookie coaches or coaches like myself who've been this for a while, like I know defense like the back of my hand, so I can pretty much get away with that. I'm always amongst the league leaders and turnovers yeah. and points per game and all that. But offense, I'm learning, and it's so hard for me. One because I've never done it before, and two, the AI just acts so weird in different situations. Yeah. Um, so you just, you have to learn how to make it do things when you what want it, it do. to do it, and <laughs> it, 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 there's there's no science to it. There's, there's no answer for it. You just have to you just learn to get better to do it more often, you know, than not. And that's what I'm trying to do right now because I I need to get. It's funny because and completion percentage. But, but but yes, he still had a lot of interceptions, and I can't figure out why that is. How is that he's top five in completion percentage, but throws mm-hmm. a lot of interceptions? To me, that just doesn't add up. So yeah. that's my goal this offseason is to figure that out and uh, get better at it because if I can do that, oh, my God, the sky's the limit for this team. It, and I think hearing that from you is, is re- relieving in a sense. Cause you sometimes feel like you're going crazy. Like I sit there and I'm like, but this don't make sense. Like in my head, it has to make sense. And I'm like, if this person has whatever, 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 and they're able to find success, but we can't, or like my quarterback is the same as this other one, but he's throwing 10 picks and the quarterback that has the same thing as him is over here. Not have maybe three picks for the season. I sit there just like you, and I'm like, "There's something like the conspiracy's coming." I, I it got to a point where I was like, "Yo, you think faces make a difference? <laughs> like, if our quarterback chose a face for a defensive guy, and they know this defensive guy can never throw a ball in his life, is this why he might be? You know, you're trying to force a, a, a circle on the too. I mean, a square it's, peg. It's, there's no way of proving it one way or another, but it's been talked about. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, so to hear that from you and say, "Hey, you know, I go through that too." 
right? Where I'm sitting here, I'm like, why did the AI call that? Like, it's not what I would have done. Or, it, you know, you you see and you're like, oh my god, like why would you throw it there? You you know, you got this pick. Like what's going on? And I sit there and I think about it, and I'm literally like, what is it? What is it that gets it to be so smooth? What is it that gets it to to get where you want to be at? And it's just me as a person. I, that's how I think. I'm like, it has to make sense for me to believe in it, right? Um, and not everything is, is that sense. This stuff of faith that, again, I have. But what I just mean is it has to make sense in the sense for me to comprehend it in my own mind. And if it doesn't, then I'll question it and be like, well, I ain't sound right, right? Like something's missing that doesn't make it make sense. And that's what it, this game has made me feel like. I'll sit here, you know, I'm not, I don't have the game. So I'm doing it with Mel or I'm doing it with Jacob or I'm doing it with other people. Like I'm just there, you know, watching and, and seeing how it's going. And, and, you know, I get excited when we pick these players and I pick these people and I see them in action. So I'll sit there in the room with them and I'm like, man, why did it do that? And they're frustrated. Just like I'm frustrated with them. I'm like, yo, and I, and I'm even more frustrated because it, at least with them, they can try different things. Right. And they can do, I can't. I can't even give you advice because I don't even have the game. So it ends up being where I'm even more frustrated because I want to help you because you you my peoples, but I don't even know how to help you because I don't even know how this like this game mechanics don't always make sense to me. So it's it's really good to hear that you saying, yo, I I, I kind I go through that same thing because then I don't feel as crazy, and I'm sure Jacob and Mel won't feel as crazy hearing somebody as yourself kind of going through the same thing we all go through and absolutely you know I, I again you know before i i roll out the red carpet for you eddie right and give the last thoughts for you right for you to give closing statements and discord names and all that stuff because Again, I want to I want to say thank you for making the adjustment first and foremost to be here tonight. Um, I, I you don't understand how much I really do appreciate that. But then you know again the insight and the wisdom that you gave tonight was awesome as well. So thank you again. You do a lot for this league. I mean, you do broadcasting. You're an owner. You're a coach. Um, I'm trying to think what else I always see you in. Right? You're always you're. As much as you say you're not in Gen Chat, I do see you in Gen Chat, and you're another person who, when you jump in Gen Chat, like it's uh, not at like a fire starter, right? Then I start seeing a whole bunch of people come out of nowhere and beep, 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 you know, and everybody messing with you and not. And I just saw now that your face is now a, a an emoji thing. So looking out for that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, again, what you what you bring to the league, Eddie, it, it just. Um, kind of uh, embrace more of the respect that I have for you in this league in the league and as a person right and um the last thoughts are yours right whatever you want to share whatever you want to bring up it's all on you um please plug in your discord because if there is any potential rookies or free agents that do want to come to Arizona or figure out I do want them to find a way to get to you uh, because your name wouldn't I mean of course, it makes sense, Scorpion King. But, you know, if I was a rookie, I wouldn't think to be looking for that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then, you know, just the floor is yours. Well, thanks for having me on. First of all, I love to get my name out there. 
on anyone's platform who wants to interview me. Um, I'm always trying to find a way to, you know, plug Arizona. And so when you reached out to me, that was a no-brainer for me to accept it. Um, I'm not sure if you picked up on it, but I was driving back from my daughter's karate class for a while. And I thought it should have been well, it should have been a ten minute drive back. My wife actually wants to end up making like three full stops, so I've only been home about twenty minutes. So I'm sure you heard me multitasking here and there. So I yeah. apologize about that. It's okay. But uh, yeah, I mean it's a blast coming on. So first and foremost, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview with you and share with the SFL uh, my thoughts and you know my experience here in the league and. My enjoyment, I, I love it. If it wasn't for the SFL, I don't know what I would do because before this, my my hobby was riding motorcycles, and I was mm. actually in a motorcycle club when I was in Illinois. And uh, my wife um, always, you know, kind of, I won't say she complained, but she didn't like the amount of time I spent with that club. Yeah. I was always out riding and trying to get time in with those guys when the weather was cooperating back in Chicago. Yeah. But uh, but since this came along, it takes up more time, but I'm also at home. So I may not be cuddled up next to her, but she knows I'm not, I'm not out there popping woodies anymore. And, and I'm <laughs> kind of settled with this. Yeah. So I, 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 I love it. Um, I don't know what I would do without it. So, again, thank you for having me on. I want to thank Cam for starting this thing. I know he almost quit a time or two because of, you know, life or whatever with the SFL, and I'm glad he stuck with it, and uh, I love it, man. Like I said, I don't, I don't know what I would be doing without it. Um, I love my time here. I, I love my interaction with my locker room. I love every – like I said, hey, Arizona, I love y'all, if y'all listening. <laughs> every last one of y'all are part of me. You know, we, we all like brothers and a sister. And uh, I, I love y'all. I, I love my squad. You know, whether y'all come or go, you know, I'm, I'm always supporting y'all. I know BJ applying for an expansion team. You know, if he mm-hmm. gets, he's going to suck to have him leave. But, you know, if he's going to leave because of a promotion, I'll take it all day, any day of the week. Yep. And, uh, you know, we go from there. But, uh, yeah, so everybody, everybody on my squad, you know, thanks for, you know, staying patient with me while I try to fix this thing and get us to the playoffs next season. I got receivers on my team who probably, you know, I know they're getting recruited by a couple of teams, and I'm glad they decided to stick with me because it's like every season somebody reaching out to their hands, brothers trying to get, trying to recruit them. And yeah. I'm glad they decided to stick with me um, while I try to turn this thing around and get us going. And uh, so, yeah, I want to thank everybody on Arizona. I'd like to thank this, uh, all the front office staff with the SFL, DPP, ADPP, Tom, Rochelle, um, Andy, uh, Destro, everybody who made this thing going, Marcus, you know, everybody. I don't want to skip out on anybody. The, the, scat, the stats people, the broadcast team, everyone who makes this broadcast, what, this part of what it is, I want to give a salute to you guys because you guys behind the scenes are what makes this engine go. And if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be at the level of, uh, you know, the the product that we put out today wouldn't be what, where it's at without you guys. Um, so, yeah, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank the SFL community because, you know, the players are ultimately what makes this thing go because without them, there is no us. 
So I want to yep. thank every each and every last player who's a part of this thing. You know, you guys are the reason why we're here. Um, the people who tune in and and watch us, you know, you're the reason we're able to, you know, have games on on FTF and all these other platforms because you decide to take time out of your day and watch. So if you're listening, thank that that's makes that, me love it. Yeah. I love the SFL. I love everything about it. You know, there's some things that I don't like, but, I mean, that's probably with anything in life. But um, at the end of the day, the good far outweighs the bad. I just love being a part of this thing, man. I hope it never goes away. I hope this thing, this thing is going as long as I'm here. I'm always going to be here competing. And, uh, man, Arizona, I'm trying to get us to the playoffs and ultimately a championship. And, you know, I'm, I'm grinding hard every day. And I'm just trying to get better, and I thank you guys for everyone who's returning for having patience in me as I try to get this thing going, man. I'm, I'm grinding hard, even in the off season. I'm just, I got a hashtag, no days off. I'm always trying to find a way to get better. And uh, I thank you guys for sticking around me for another season, and I can't wait to get things going in season 16. And, Eddie, what is – so I did mention the Discord name, but if you don't mind reciting the Discord name – and the oh, social media that that you have for Arizona. So, how can people find Arizona if they did want to locate it? My Discord name is Scorpion King. Um, as you can find me, uh, it used to just be my name, but when I got the ownership of the team, I don't know <laughs> somehow they, they just stuck with me, and I ended up changing my name to that. I, I, I'm not necessarily a fan of people changing their name outside of what their player name is, but for whatever yeah. reason, that, that stuck with me, and I just stuck with it. But, yeah, so if you want to look to me on, on Discord, you can find me at Scorpion King. Um, Twitter is uh, SFLAZScorpion, same thing with Instagram. We have a Facebook page, too, but I won't bother mentioning that because I'm in the process of changing it because right now I set up as a business account. Yeah. I need to set it up as a personal account so so I can unlink it with my personal, personal. account. Yeah. Right now, that's um, something I want to address. So well, yeah. once I get that going, I will um, I will update that on my Instagram on my Instagram and uh, Twitter accounts, and uh, that'll be good to go. I hope to have that done prior to the start of this upcoming season. Well, again, Eddie, you know. You do so much for this league, and, and I know you have so much investment. And, and again, I, I'm be honest with you. Like, it, I was trying to figure out a way to get you on the show eventually, and uh, I just didn't know how to come to you and be like, you know, Eddie's a busy man. You know, you you also jump on Access Live, you know, at times. So I can just imagine, plus you have a family, and, you know, I wanted to be respectful of that and not take that time away neither, right? Um, but I really do appreciate you making that effort and you coming through. And if you ever want to let anybody in Arizona know, if they ever want to be on the show, they hit me up and they got a place on the show. Um, I would, you know, uh, my door is always open for yourself and anybody part of the organization. Um, because, again, the respect that I have and the admiration I have for you as a person, um, you know, that's the least I can do. Uh, to keep my doors as well open for a platform for any of your players as well. All right? I, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll definitely let them know. All right, Eddie. Well, you have a good night. Thank you again. Um, and, and this won't be the last time we'll talk, but you have a wonderful night, all right? You as well, man. Stay safe out there. You too.
All right, so thank you again to the wonderful Hall of Famer, Eddie Gage. Um, I do appreciate you coming on the show. Like, it, it's so great to hear somebody who's been in the league for so long give real insight and give real advice. And if you are listening and you wonder to own a team eventually, like, you see what the process takes to do so. Um, but, Eddie, thank you again for being on the show. I do want to introduce now our next guest which I kind of spoke about a little bit with Eddie before, right? Um, somebody I personally know, somebody who I, uh, I know I see almost 40 hours a week, the wide receiver of the Annapolis Navigators, which is my old uh, team, Josh Gill. Josh, how you doing, bro? Living the dream, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. It's just not so not too long ago I saw you at the store, right? And uh now we're here now getting this interview. So I appreciate it, bro. I really do. Um like if you didn't if you heard with the Eddie thing, you know, again, I was like I told him, Hey, these are you and Milton are people that I actually know and when I know people and, and I really do um care for y'all, I'm always gonna do the anything I can to make sure y'all look good. So yeah, appreciate it. You know, yeah, you know how I am, right? You you see me at work, so you understand how it is. So let's get into the Josh Gill, right? Um, we'll talk a little bit about you know certain things here, and and I do want to give you an opportunity to let teams know because right now you're rocking it in the SFL minors, right? So tell me a little bit of Fine. tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are. Uh, I mean, you know, I've always been a fan of football, big Redskins fan, you know, played flag football for the past nine years straight every Sunday when work doesn't, in, you know, involve themselves in that with Renard, but always been a fan. Now, when it comes down to, I guess, this whole the football thing, right? Like, and I know the story, but can you walk me through like how you got to getting to the SFL? Like how was the SFL story? How did you get there? And how did you get into the Annapolis Navigators? I mean, you already know, I listened to you talk about your rookie year as a player and then moving forward into coaching and so forth. And it just sounded like something that is Definitely down my lane uh, as a Madden player. Always want to hear your name called out. So definitely I'm going to tell you, on. though, it was a hard sell for you guys. <laughs> you know, because, again, it was something so, how do I put this, new, right? Like being part of this, this, this one community, but then, two, seeing your player on the, on the, on the field but not being able to affect them is – it's such an interesting thing, and I know it was a tough sale, right? Like, I talked to you guys about it, and you, got, you were like, hey, you know, I like something that's all right, right? But then now to see you guys flourish in both Annapolis and Memphis um, has been really great to see, right? And uh, what's funny is that uh, you, you, you called this out. And for folks that don't know, right, um, we are one of the best stores in the nation, Right, and you are one of the best sales sales supervisors in the nation, 
And you were one of the best employees in the nation when you were an employee, right? So when you were like, Nuts, I'm yeah. going to be the best wide receiver, like I knew it was going to happen because you have, that's who you are. When you say, hey, I'm going to be the best at something, like you legit are going to be the best at it, right? Versus others who may say so, but it don't show. And honestly, you've been a big help for Annapolis this season to say, hey, um, we're going to continue the trend from last season where they made it to almost to the finals, right? Lost it out to Ottawa Calvary. And now they have a good opportunity with a great target as yourself. So I think, again, you getting there. And I was excited because originally you weren't with Annapolis. Who were you with originally? Josh, you there? Looks like we might have lost Josh a little bit. So, until he he gets back on the line, um, we'll go ahead and kind of discuss a little bit about uh, uh, a couple things actually that came up in the league, right? Uh, So, I think, again, I want to get some recognition off to... um, to Los Angeles. So Los Angeles has got their first team, or not their first team, but they have a team now in the Los Angeles Lycans. Uh, Los Angeles uh, Lycans is owned by uh, Tom, who is the quarterback of Las Vegas, and uh, Rochelle Colston, who was, and hopefully I'm not mistaken this, was the safety I know for the Carolina Skyhawks. So again, congratulations to them. Um, I know for a fact that, again, it's awesome to see you take take an organization that's already a great organization in Chicago and then take that ownership and then take that over to Los Angeles. Uh, seeing the mock-ups, the, the uniforms, and everything else uh, has been such a great journey. Um, and I do want to share that because that was announced today. I didn't get to get to it in league news, but since uh, we are waiting for Josh to rejoin us in the show, I think it's something to talk about. And me being somebody from um, from Los Angeles, right, it's, it's something that's awesome to see because Los Angeles needs that team, right? Um, so congratulations to you guys. I'm very excited to see, because you know, Cam talked about it, that it will be talked about on the how do I put this during the championship we're gonna know which expansion bids got got picked up and I think it'll be pretty exciting um I had Dave Barr on here who's gonna you know has the West Virginia uh wild uh which is concepts his his colors everything is really amazing and I, and, and I think that'd be great I know there's BJ like like uh, Eddie talked about BJ having his team uh the Detroit Blaze um and if I'm missing anybody, I do apologize. But it's awesome to see um, that process, right? It's awesome to see how these teams are coming together and they're growing. And there's news, right? There's news that are going to be ever-changing. And I don't want to share that news until the league shares it. But I think, again, it's so awesome, like I said, to see this product grow and still be a, um, you know, still, still always push itself. Right. Uh, 
so again, I think it's it's a it's it's such a refreshing thing. And then we 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 hear we talk to Eddie and we hear Eddie say, "Hey, this is his journey and having to get a team." Well, that what's awesome is that Tom and, and Rochelle kind of did the same thing, right? They were able to get this franchise in Chicago. And I don't want to touch about how she, she, everything shook out in Chicago for the respects that I have for Mikey and Proda, Tim Hackett, Benjamin Warner, uh, Khalil, uh, Khalil Thomas, right? Like there's people, Greg Soto, um, there's people in that organization who I respect that, again, whatever happened, happened. And, you know, there's still great people nonetheless, and they're going to be successful in whatever they decide to do, right? Um, but it's awesome to see that they was purchased by two people who are very invested in the league. Uh, Rochelle does an amazing job. Um, you know, getting getting everything in order and keeping, you know, getting stats in order and whatnot. And Tom, Tom is a big person as well. And, you know, doing the stats and everything that they've done for the league, like, and still being like in Carolina and in Vegas in their respective organizations, leaders in their respective organization. It's awesome to see that growth. And I'm very excited to see how much more we're able to grow. Um, I always talk about my vision for the league in the future is being more around the vision, right? Like, like it being more than what we see right now. Like you're able, like right now, I want to be able to type in simulation football league and not just the simulation football league has articles about things that are happening, players and, 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 and recaps and whatever. And, and, and I can't wait until we can actually get to highlights. Like imagine if it's a show going through and doing highlights like i'm able to turn on the tv or go on youtube or go on twitch or whatever the 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 platform is and actually watch what happened on the other games versus waiting for a game and then having to watch the whole process like it helps me catch up a lot quicker and then it also allows me to digest this product a little bit differently so i i think again it, it where the league goes from here, um, I, I think it's only up, and and I'm really, I'm really, really, really um, excited to see what happens. Like this change in having now more West Coast teams um, is really exciting because again, I feel like a lot of stuff is either up no up up north, right, from our Vancouver's, right. Uh, down to Florida, uh, Baltimore, right? Sioux Falls, like it falls in this kind of like middle area, and then the West Coast is kind of sporadic, right? Portland, Denver, Arizona, and that's about it. Texas, you're down south, and there's three Texas teams. Um, we can consider you West Coast because I guess on the map you you are leaning towards that way a little bit more, but Texas to me will always be down south. So. To have more teams migrate to the West, it's it's a lot of fun and it allows more of that coast to coast rivalry versus you know just a rivalry for different reasons. But there's some great rivalries in this league. Um, you know, talking with people like Rosca bringing up Vice Wars, that's an awesome rivalry uh, to see every single time and how. The, even the jerseys change for both teams to represent this vice wars, right? Or the beef in, 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 in Texas, right? With Lone Star, Fort Worth, uh, and Houston, right? Like, 
that's the whole thing in its own. Um, and then you have just like I said, multiple the North Carolina and I'm sorry, the Carolina Skyhawks and the Baltimore Vultures. That's another rivalry that's that's in, in, entertaining and engaging. And like I said, it's 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 so cool to see what is going on and where we're moving from here. And you know, again, it, it's something that again, my vision for the future will be that. How do you digest this content? How do you get this content even more? And how do you, you know, build off of that and and make this even grow even more with the countless users that we have now on Discord? And again, if you do want to join us on Discord, Simulation FL, search it up. You'll get the you'll accepted your invite and boom, you're part of an amazing community of over two thousand people. And if you want more information, I always talk about www.simulationfl.net. Um, but you know it's 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 awesome to kind of see how we're able to digest these things and and really take part of this league in a way that allows us to right. Like I'm able to do this show, right? And and Ashley's able to do her 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 show, and her show goes beyond just a podcast. It's also a YouTube where you can watch the. You know, watch the actual same podcast you would hear on the YouTube channel, right? And it's in amazing quality and access live, right? Which is every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, is another one who has great product value and definitely represents the league in an amazing way. And you have Co- a, a Coach's Corner um, as well, right? That, that also brings another aspect of it. And I just think that there's so much that you can gain from this league that I think rookies, if you're coming into this league or anybody who's listening, uh, if you have a great idea, share it, right? Because if you really care about this league as much as, as many like to say, well, you're always going to be thinking about how to improve and how to get better. So, you know, again, I bring that to the attention because I, I want to see this grow even more. My investment in this league has grown significantly from my first start where I didn't understand how this league works. Everything was very confusing. I was like, what am I getting myself into? To now feeling like a part of the league that um, I feel like I'm a value member of this community, Um, that I'm able to do things that I never imagined possible. And if you speak to a lot of people who do shows, right, or do um, these type of things, right, you end up finding out that we none of us thought this was going to be possible. Or even the OG, shout out to Kramer Jackman uh, for the Kramer Jackman show. Because Kramer Jackman, his show was the original, I feel like, starting off point for us to have that type of platform. So it's crazy where we're going to see it go. And, and again, I just want to see this league grow even more where we're able to be on a national level. Because I think if it got to a national level, it will be life-changing for many people involved in this league. And it may give people who really love this league an opportunity to make that a full-time situation to help this league grow, expand, and be better. Now... If we get Josh Gill back on the on the on the line, then Josh Gill can call back. But if until then, I do want to share some things. I always had that moment at the end 
it's kind of like welcome to the shipyard, but it's also the inside the mind of, of, of your general manager. And just always like to leave things with like advice and, and things of that sort. I think again, if you look at this league in a sense of, or just in general, what it is, I always feel like you need to look at this as the brand itself and what do you do to impact that brand. It's awesome, trust me, like to see the growth and everything that it's been, I think it's amazing, but I think some folks don't really put that in perspective. I've seen some things around that I feel like could be detrimental to the league and detrimental to what we want to accomplish, and they may scare off potential fans, potential players, potential people, instead of embracing and being there. And I think Eddie spoke spoke about it best when he said, hey, um, you don't, you know, like, there's not everything that he agrees in with the league, but he's not going to mention that, right? Because there's other things that he does enjoy. And I think that's true. And I think if you think about your brand, right, as a player, as an organization, and as a whole, you need to realize what you stand for. I'm a big person that I, I I stand for, like, I never change. I am 100% who I am and what I'm about. And, uh, you know, that never changes. I'm, I may be a general manager, but I will never disrespect any type of player who contacts me, who reaches out to me, who wants to talk, who needs advice, whatever the case may be, because honestly, I was in your shoes one time. And when I didn't feel that I was part of something, it made me feel alienated and it made me want to step back and say, hey, maybe I shouldn't even do this. And imagine if I took that decision, would this show even be possible? Well, we've had great guests like Eddie Gage or the commissioner or up and coming rookies like Josh Gill and, you know, Milton, uh, Bernard, sorry, Bernard the fourth, you know, Smith, right? Or you know, will we will we be able to get to know Roscoe Sanagria, right, outside of what he does in Gen Chat? Or are we able to know Dave Barr and what his viewpoints and goals to do in, in the organization? And when you really look back and see that, like, I, I just think, again, how we engage, how we show up, how we impact can be detrimental to this league. And if you don't protect that, you don't come with the right mindset, you can really be a hindrance. And... I think, again, understanding relationships, too. You're not going to find everybody who is as awesome as Eddie Gage to say, hey, whether you depart us or not, you're still going to be part of Arizona. That's not everywhere. The people who decided to leave Portland, they will always be forever engraved in our history, and I'm thankful that they made their first time in the league or first time in the majors to go with us. And I do wish them the best, and they are. They're always going to be part of the fleet. But that's not everywhere. And if you don't move in a sense that really makes it, like, again, anything you own, you don't want it to have any issues. Like, you don't want to be that problem player. You don't want to be that person who is always in some type of issues that now you're not just representing yourself, you're representing the league. Uh, and, and your organization. So, like, 
thinking about the brand and thinking about who you are and what you represent. Now, again, how you want to engage in this product is always up to you. You pay for it. So how you see fit is how you see fit. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to have an easier time to find a team. Are you going to have an, uh, 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 and I want to say it's easy because it's not, but you'll have a more seamless experience of trying to show why you deserve to be a general manager or why you deserve to be a director of player personnel or why you deserve to be whatever the title you want to try to attempt to get or even why you should even be an owner, right? Because if you are thinking about yourself, if you are negative and don't embrace the league properly, if you aren't trying to engage with others to help them get better, if you aren't thinking on how to make the league better, and if you aren't realizing that the relationships you need to build, because guess what? If I didn't have a great relationship with Eddie, for this instance, or you know, a good relationship with Harish, who, who was on here, right? Um then I wouldn't have gotten the amazing knowledge that they've been able to share in their time in the in the league and their owners, where I would love to be eventually at one day when I feel that I am ready for that type of commitment. Um, that's where you have to build these relationships. Because one day I will need to ask a favor for Eddie. Or maybe one day I do need to ask a favor to Harish. Or maybe I do need to reach out to somebody like Ashley or reach out to somebody like Dave or reach out to somebody like, you know, um, Brosco or maybe I have to reach out to Benjamin Warner or, or, or Khalil Thomas or, you know, uh, uh, Mikey and Proda and Tim Hackett and, you know, even my own players, right? Like building these relationships allows you to be able to help one another and gain knowledge that you wouldn't have gotten in any other way because you came off wrong. You came off inappropriately. You came in a sense of, of not respectful and you didn't come in a sense. And I'm not saying that, again, you got to kiss anybody's you know what. That's not the concept that I'm trying to share tonight. What I'm trying to share is that you have to carry yourself with a level of understanding and awareness around you. And I always tell people, if you don't know how to act, then act professionally, right? Um, if you don't know what to do. But if you do know what to do and you know the situation and you can gauge it and you have that awareness to say, okay, I know so-and-so, I know this person, I know that. I know I can be a little bit different in that standpoint, but by all means. But always know that everybody's watching. So if you're in gen chat and you want to be negative and nasty and go back and forth with people and call people names or whatever the case may be, I'll let you know. At the end of the day, somebody might not say something to you, but trust me, all 22 teams, all 22 GMs, all everybody is watching that and saying, okay, don't know if I'm going to go down that route. If you ever need anything, it may not be in this organization because that's how you want to carry yourself. And that's not for all. I'm not speaking for all owners or all GMs or anything like that, but in the business that I'm in, and what I try to help my supervisors, my leaders, my full-timers, my part-time employees know is that you got to carry yourself with that understanding. When somebody says your name, what are they saying about you? Are they saying, hey, Nelson's amazing. Nelson's a role model. Nelson 
is in, you know inspirational leader. Nelson is a hard worker. Nelson does the best for his team and for the company. Like whatever it is, right? Or are they saying like Nelson is lazy? Nelson doesn't care. Nelson doesn't believe. Nelson's just trying to get a paycheck. And Nelson, you know, whatever the case may be. And that's where you have to sit down and see this. Potential rookies are free agents. Heed my warning. Right? If you don't come correct and you try to come and say, hey, I can come to your organization and do better than X, Y, Z. Like you hear me and Eddie talk about and other people. You don't know the work we've put in. You don't know the people that are behind this player. So if you come in correct and say, well, I can do better than so-and-so, just draft me, you're going to look worse. Or or sign me, you're going to look worse, and you're probably not going to get that position you want because you don't understand, one, the relationship that, that, that front office has with that player. You don't know the investment us as a front office has with that player. Um, you don't know the growth of the progression plans that we have with that player. And it makes you look bad. So now when you're trying to find a team, now it becomes in the situation where you're like, I don't really know if I want to take that. Because you guys have to understand, we are people just like you. We have families, we have jobs, we have bills, we have everything else you have. The difference is we took the responsibility of an organization. I do like I do so much for my own life, for my own family, also for for my organization, for Jacob and Mel I, and Art, I will do whatever in my power as a general manager to help their lives be easier. Because if we don't have each other's back, then it's never it, it, it just sucks. But if I have a player who's a problem, and I want you to enjoy, like it's not saying a problem in the sense of like, hey, you know, you're missing like. A problem in the sense of like you're bringing such a negative attention to whatever the situation is. Then nine times out of ten, it's going to be very difficult to find a place to call home because nobody wants that situation to happen. So like I always tell folks all the time is look how your brand is with others. Because if you have a strong brand, then in these situations, when you go for a team, when you go for a GM role, when you go for a director player personnel role, when you go for a coordinator role, whatever you go in this league or in your own job or in your own personal life, if people can't come and say, hey, this is what this person stands for, and they have negative things to say, it, it, you have to have the humility and be humble and say, man, maybe there's some truth to it. Now, do I say when people are talking crap, that it all is 100% true, no. But it's the perception. And if 10 people perceive the same thing, well, there might be something common that you need to look inside and say, hey, man, I got to do better. And it's just the advice that I want to give to free agents, potential rookies, potential people who are leaving. If you have a great relationship and you've carried yourself well and professionally and you haven't gotten yourself in any trouble... Then when you have an off season, or if you say, hey, look, I do want to test the market or I want to see where I get drafted or whatever. You have a, a, an experience that is seamless and, ex, and it's awesome. And, you know, people can definitely see what potential you bring to them, to their organization and to the team and whatnot. 
But if you don't, then it becomes tougher, and then you sit on this free agency list, and you know somebody might give you an opportunity, but if it doesn't work out, now it's a lot tougher to find a team. And every owner is different. Every front office is different. Some people have their different beliefs that what they look at. But if we're going to spend a whole season together, that's a few months. And you want that to be, a, you know, when there's no issues, I'm trying to train you or coach you up to be, uh, you know, more professional and be better, then we can't focus on the other things to make you better as a player or as a person. And that's the part that, again, I just want to share with everybody is, is how you network, how you interact with people can leave a long lasting impression. And your first impression can be your only impression if you don't come correct. But I've had some amazing people reach out to me and and come with the right standpoint and be like, hey, Nelson, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever. And came in a great light. And when they would carry themselves every single time that I talk to them, then that resonates even more. And that makes me want to say, hey, if an opportunity ever arises, I'm going to look at this person because this person has the beliefs, has the understanding to know that when they're not in a situation where they're in need to find a team, they carry themselves well. And when they did need to find a team, they carry themselves well as well. So moral of the story is think about how you engage. Think about how you come up. Think about how you leave a lasting impression, especially if you want to be a top pick in this draft or you want to be a... um a staple for an organization, right? There's going to be expansion teams. So there's going to be expansion teams that are going to be looking for their foundation to build their organization on. If you want to be that player and you want to be considered for something in the future, think about that mindset of your brand. What are you doing to network? What are you doing to improve? What are you doing to help grow the league? And then, You know, what do you stand for? What do you need in an organization and does what you need and what that organization is able to provide, do those things match up? And if they do, awesome. If they don't, we'll understand that you have a a season to be with a team and you can continue forward. But like Eddie said, it's best to find that team and stay with them because when you do, you see those results. I don't know about you, but I come from a result-based business, and results matter, right? I look at retention as a general manager um, because that means that much to me, retaining the talent that I have and the people that I have around me. And I look at everything, you know, and uh, player happiness and coach happiness, and what can I do to help my coaches, or what can my coaches do to help me, and what can I help to do for my owner, and what can I help? What can my owner help me with, and vice versa, and, and just everything else, right? And I appreciate the players have reached out to me, you know, and, and said, "Man, you know, I'm seeing how I'm doing." I appreciate the players that have responded back when I checked on them and see how they're doing, right? Because we're humans, just like anybody else. And I go through it. Two weeks ago, I was going through it, and. As much as I hope my none of my teammates in my organization ever goes through it, if you are going through it, reach out. Because you got somebody in your corner who cares. 
You got somebody in your corner who wants to see you be successful in this league. You got somebody in your corner that has a plan for you. And you have somebody in the corner that honestly is thinking, hey, this is what we can do for you. And and you are a vision of this, ultimately, what we're trying to accomplish here, which is a championship, which is a, a consistency, which is a lot of things, right? But I think, again... To take a portion of the show, I know this is long, long-winded, and that, and I don't want to make it to seem like it's a rant from any situation. But like I said, if you listen to the show, you listen to it for a reason. Whether it's to get news alerts, whether it's to get to know the people that are on the show, whether it's to get advice to excel your your career in the SFL. This show is, is multi-reasons on why it was created, but it's created for that reason. For folks to experience different aspects and inside this league, right? You you don't have to join Discord to hear what's going on in the league. You just tune in every Friday at 9. Today was 9.30, of course. But you tune in every day at 9, and you get an opportunity to get inside the league. In multiple facets, in multiple capacities, in multiple ways. So, in in short, you know, take some of that advice. Because I've seen it. I've talked to multiple rookies. I've talked to multiple free agents over my period of time. I've been in, 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 in different organizations to see what works, what doesn't. And I'm going to tell you, make it easier on yourself. Once you're in that locker room, engage with your locker, with your locker, you know, your teammates and, you know, read the room. If you're in a room with folks who are older than you, if you're a younger player, then see how they like to be engaged and then be that type of player. And I'm not saying you're changing who you are. You're just paying attention to the people around you to respect them as much as they, they hopefully respect you. And... Again, you find a league that, or organization that has the same morals as you, then it becomes a lot easier because most, most likely, nine times out of ten, those players reflect what the ownership believes in or the front, front uh, office staff believes in. So, again, season 15 is almost in the books. Sunday, November 1st. 4 p.m. on 11 Sports and for the fans, you'll have you'll see the championship game, Baltimore Vultures versus the Sioux Falls Sparrows. And season 15 will end, and our off season will begin. And free agency is right around the corner. Uh, as soon as you know it, the SFL Minor League Championship is going to be coming soon. And then it's draft season, and then it's preparing for the season itself and by the time you blink it is now 2021 and the start of the season that's happened so don't miss your opportunity don't miss your your chance go out there and talk to people right a lot of owners are willing to hear and and, and see because just like anybody you want to create a talent pool to figure out what's best but you don't know what that talent pool is and i don't have the power to get to 200 people or 2,000 people If you can help me do the work, sometimes it makes it a little easier for myself. But at the end of the day, 
it's just some advice from somebody who's seen this and has spoken to folks, so many countless people to see that if you carry yourself well, then people respect that and, and doors open and and people start seeing you as the potential that you want to be and say, hey, I'm going to give this, this person the chance. And for those people who don't, also too, who don't get the um, the expansion teams, don't give up. You heard Eddie Gage's story tonight about um, his perseverance saying in season 12, I'm going to get a team and ended up taking two seasons to get it in season 14. If you really want to do what you say, you're going to have to find a way. Just because you get an obstacle doesn't mean that what you want to accomplish can't realistically happen. But do know if you do make that decision, you hear Eddie, and I can testify because uh, we'll have Jacob Bovet, our owner of the Portland Fleet, on here once we start getting a little bit closer back to the season to give his, you know, his owners, uh, his owners, uh, uh, um, how do I want to put it, his presser for himself to kind of share where Portland's going, what we're planning. And we're planning big things for the next season. So that, I will not lie, just like any other team that didn't make it to the championship is probably doing the same. It's trying to improve, get better, and have an organization that is the next Baltimore or the next Sioux Falls or the next Louisiana Revolution or the next Denver Nightwings, right? Those were the four teams that were one of the best going into this season. So everybody's working hard to get there, but it's just how you're going to put yourself in that position to get in the place that you want to be at. And I think somebody told me best, you get more, you catch more flies with honey than you do with salt. So take that advice if you like. If you don't, well, hey, it's your career. It's your subscription. It's what you pay for. Um, but I always would love to get people who really do want to excel in this league to get that opportunity to and if you want to be where i'm at then you may want to listen to the person who's in that situation just like i'm gonna listen to jacob just like i'm gonna listen to eddie just like i'm gonna listen to harish these are gentlemen who i want to be in their position one day and i think i need to listen out to really understand and 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 and, and talk to different owners not just to simply say hey we talk but it's to really get that that understanding and get the wise wisdom that each and every single one of these owners have and to the potential new owners of new organizations same thing they have something that was that 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 separated them from the pack and they have something special and you need to take the opportunity to realize what that is figure it out find a common ground and grow from it but that's Enough of my rant. We have, like I said, that upcoming um, situation happening uh, in the championship. We'll have free agencies and everything else. And this is such an amazing journey. If you haven't checked out the Simulation Football League minor league, you're missing out on something great. right? Today we had an amazing game that I was able to call with the uh, Salt Lake Rustlers versus the, uh, the Albuquerque Adams, which the Albuquerque Adams are having a turnaround season because last season, I think it was kind of like that growing, right, situation. And now they're coming out with all, everything coming through. Like, Jason Williams is doing a really good job um, 
putting together a game plan at least against the Salt Lake uh, City wrestlers who had an amazing game plan last week. And, you know, shout outs to to, to to Ross Napoli, shout outs to Jason Williams, shout outs to uh, Ben Jackson, shout outs to uh, Rain Rowe. Right, some of the people that I know who are part, and again, whoever's on your coaching staff, and I did miss you, I apologize, but shout outs to you as well, because you guys are are putting out something out there that's fun to watch, and it's fun for me to try to broadcast and speak about, and you know, do my best as much as I'm not anywhere, shape, or form in the broadcasting level that I want to be. I aspire to be as fluent, as creative, and as in, I don't want to even say innovative, but impactful like Cam has, right? Like every time everybody talks about a broadcaster, they always bring up Cam because Cam is just on the fly, um, good with his words, and he's very animated when it needs to be animated, right? And he knows when to follow the energy and the flow of the game to really make you feel that ownership of being there. And that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna try to do every day to get better to be in that same standpoint where I have that respect level to do that. And to do broadcasting and to do a show, it is not easy. But I appreciate every single person who's listening. I appreciate every single fan or player or front office staff or whatever you are in this league. I appreciate if you did take the time on a Friday. It is Hollow All Hollows Eve. So if you are going to go celebrate Halloween in any facet that you decide to do that, please be safe. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Months later, right? Didn't think we would still be in a pandemic at this situation. But this pandemic has opened doors for other avenues that we might have potentially not thought of. But be careful out there. If your state is a little bit more lax and you decide to go trick-or-treating, keep the same level of caution, keep the same level of uh, 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 social distancing, right? And uh, have fun out there, right? If you're going to a party or you're going to go celebrate with however way you are, just be safe when you do it. And also, too, if you are going to partake on any type of substance, on Halloween, please do that responsibly as well, because you don't know how you may affect others who are celebrating that holiday as well. And you can cut their holiday short if you make a wrong decision. So, with that being said, right? Um, thank you for joining me tonight. We will see who will be next week's guest. Um, we will probably reschedule Josh Gill to jump on here on a future show. Um, I know he had told me that his phone was potentially dying, so I guess that's what kind of happened there, and he was in a situation where I don't think he was by a charger, so Josh Gill, if you ever listen to this back, we'll have to reschedule this, but thanks to Eddie Gage um, for taking the time for adapting to get on this show, um, and then share so much wise words of wisdom. And gave you an opportunity to see what he does as an owner. And what he believes in as an owner. And how he got to the place that he's at. And it should show you how Eddie could help a potential person who wants to grow. 
into in his organization to do so because he has so much experience doing so. Uh, again, thank you to Josh Gill for at least coming on the show. I appreciate it, my man. We will figure out what to do from there. And if you ever want to jump on the show, um, it's as easy as DMing me. Um, if you need to DM me, my Discord name is Nelson Lozano. That's L-O-Z is in Zulu, A-N-O. Uh, and it's capitalized. This is all space, so Nelson Space Lozano. Space, capital, Portland, GM. Reach out to me. Contact me. I'm always love when folks contact me and say, hey, I want to be part of the show. Definitely makes me feel as if I'm doing something right. Um, that they want to spend their Fridays with a stranger to talk about them. But if you do, join me on there. If you want to check us out, um, again, I am the general manager of the Portland Fleet. So come check me out. Um, check out our team. Follow any team that you like You know, from there. But um, definitely you can you talk to us at Portland. And uh, even if we don't pick you up, um, know that we will always keep a good relationship. Um, to ensure that if you ever did need something, you knew there was an organization you could rely on and say, hey, those that, that organization has been such a stand-up organization. And even though I'm not part of them, I can always feel connected. And I always have a direct line to the front office staff. Sometimes it's rare to find. So again, check me out. Let me know if you ever want to join the show. Again, be safe out here on Halloween. And with that being said, you have a wonderful evening. Thank you for joining me. You have a wonderful evening. See you next Friday.